0: Friday, August 21st, 2020 Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said We will have uh, NBA Every team in the playoffs Has two games through now We're going to recap each of the series Through the first two games MLB, let's check in Who's hot, who's not What's going on in baseball Hard knocks NFL It's hard knocks LA So we know what's going on with the Chargers And with the Rams Let's go over episode 2 We'll recap what happened there and then we got all your weekend horse racing Friday, Saratoga Saturday, Saratoga Friday, full car Del Mar Saturday, Del Mar We're going to go over your Friday Stable Duel lineup for Del Mar Give you the info for all the contests And then SummerSlam Coming up this weekend Darren Zocali joins us So we preview match by match The card for this weekend Sunday night, wrestling fans we got SummerSlam They have a new thunderdome debuting where there's going to be a sort of a live fan experience like we've seen in some of the other sports so some things that are uh interesting and to look forward to in the world of wrestling this week so do me a favor when you're listening now stop if you can subscribe to the show um if you're listening on youtube soundcloud itunes google podcast tune in Wherever you are If you're over on iTunes Give us a nice little Five star rating and review That really helps Share the show around um, On social media And with some of your friends That you think might help Because you know We we just want to continue To keep this show uh, Growing And one of the best ways To support That's what G said Because I like to keep These shows free I love to be able To produce content That everyone can tune into And listen to and, And never have to pay Anything for Help support those sponsors When you hear us Talk about them So anytime you need Something in any of those fields don't forget about those sponsors Bookmark them, write them down Or if, you, if you're ever thinking, oh I need a, a candle I'm going to play some fantasy sports So um, I, I need help in the field of real estate Remember some of our sponsors Heck, check back in uh, on, on some of our shows Look back through the commercials And uh, and, uh, and get in touch with them Because they help to keep this show going Each and every week Okay, in the NBA We've had Every team, every series so far in the playoffs They've played two, two games So here we are Jazz Nuggets are tied 1-1 Toronto's up 2-0 on Brooklyn Boston's up 2-0 on Philly Dallas and the Clippers are tied 1-1 Miami's up 2-0 on Indiana Milwaukee's tied 1-1 with Orlando Houston's up 2-0 on OKC And the Lakers are tied 1-1 with the Blazers So In just this week We've had Mike Connolly had to leave because He's had a a baby But he's going to be back for game 3 He missed games 1 and 2 Joe Harris for Brooklyn played in games 1 and 2 But now he's got to leave the bubble for family Personal reasons Based on what happens in that series Who knows if he even plays another game this year Gordon Hayward got hurt Grade 3 ankle sprain He's out at least 4 weeks But those ankle injuries are more like 6-8 to week injuries Donovan Mitchell for Utah Scored 57 points in a loss in the first Game of the playoffs, the first game Ended up going into overtime And I love The way it's been If you're a basketball fan like I am With these four game slates Every single day It has been such a blast Because the schedule for Each of these series is every other day One day off in between Every other day No travel so they don't need extra days Here and there We had Porzingis get ejected In game one of the series between the Clippers And the Mavericks and that sort of turned that game We had Milwaukee, the Lakers and the Clippers The three betting favorites All split their series Through the first two games And honestly Milwaukee looked a lot better When in game two It wasn't really close They still didn't look great Middleton didn't look great the Clippers could very easily be 0 2. They haven't looked very good. And the Lakers, they looked horrible in their first game. And were they while they won big in game two and the energy level was much better, Anthony Davis played great. LeBron hasn't looked incredible. And, you know, obviously their shooting got better tonight. A lot of that was KCP who hit four threes himself. So I mean None of these, none of the big three teams have looked even have looked incredible or unbeatable. Toronto, they didn't look that great. They had to pull it together late to get by Brooklyn. So we haven't seen, you know, Boston's been good, but they've been playing an in, in underman Philly team. But we haven't seen anybody just look incredibly dominant yet. And in particular, the three teams that we expected to. Oladipo had to leave Game 1 He got poked in the uh, in the eye The one thing I've not liked It just seems like There's been so many fouls So many free throws overall And a lot of cheap fouls A lot of cheap technicals Both sides, both ways I, I haven't seen too many games Where I felt like Oh this team got screwed One way or the other by the refs You might say that in the Clippers game With the Porzingis thing But again it's it's hard to, to to say that if porzingis stays in the game they win for sure you just would like to have seen him in the game that's all we can't say for sure dallas wins that game cuz the clippers make runs and they they lock down late in in, in the games and in, in particular in the fourth quarter when they want to and they can they can flip a switch most of the time the thing we're seeing with the lakers the clippers and the bucks is that these teams are not the warriors whether or not they'll get to the point Where they're a group that can win Multiple championships None of these teams have done it yet So they, They're they not infallible They're all beatable This is one thing I've been saying all, all year long Nobody is head and shoulder and I'm a Lakers fan And and, and so I, I know the Lakers are not unbeatable they're, they're one of the better teams And they I can breathe a sigh of relief now if they won tonight But they They're on the short list Same thing with the Clippers, even same thing with the Bucks I'd say the Raptors are on there too But nobody's unbeatable And I think the margin is so slim between everyone That a major injury Or even a matchup here and there Depending on, on who wins a series or two Could really Say a lot in who ends up winning it all So let's get a little into each series Okay, so the Jazz Nuggets In Game 1, so we've had no Connolly For either game Game 1 was the first playoff game of the year Went to overtime, Denver won 135-125 Mitchell was incredible He had 57 points That was the third most in a playoff game in NBA history He had 22 points in the fourth quarter Clarkson was really good Off the bench, he's been really good in both games Excellent, he had 26 points In Game 2 to 18 in Game 1 Mitchell made A play late They were up 109-105 With 146 let, left And he got called for an 8 second violation And that may have cost them the game Because Denver comes down and hits a 3 They end up going to overtime and they lose If he's able to just get across the court Get a bucket and they go up by 6 or 7 With a minute and 20 minute 25 left That game's probably over and the the difference in the game might have been just three point percentage. Denver was 22 of 41. They've shot 53 per, they shot 53 percent. Utah was 16 of 47. they shot 34 percent. And late in the game, when Mitchell was going off, Jamal Murray was going punch for punch with him. He ended up with 36 points, nine assists, and five rebounds. He scored 20 points between the fourth quarter and overtime. He scored 10 in overtime. And he was just battling back and forth with Donovan Game 2 Utah came back And really they just kicked the crap out of uh, Out of Denver 124-105 They went up 22-6 to six and They went on a 22-6 to six run to end the first half So they were up 13 at the half And they just never looked back Mitchell scored 30 points He had 8 assists He was 10-14 He had 21 points in the third quarter the Jazz shot 51% from the field 45% from three And 82% from the free throw line They had more assists, steals, blocks And less turnovers And they had 20 more points in the paint than Denver They were up by 31 points in the fourth quarter Joe Ingles had 18 points and 6 assists Gobert had 19 points And over for uh, for Denver Michael Porter Jr. was 6 of 9 from three And Jokic was 20, had 28, 11, and 6 But Denver got crushed So we got a series now in particular with with mike Connolly coming back we've got a series Denver needs help with some of their depth they've been missing some key contributors for a while now Martin and Harris they are not deep enough to win big games and to win big series without them they could still probably get through this one but could Denver go and beat a clippers team who you know you probably still think they'll get through Dallas I don't think Denver could do that healthy Game 3, Friday, 4 o'clock Eastern Time Jazz Nuggets, who's going to go up 2 games to 1 Toronto Brooklyn, they're up 2-0 And in Game 1, Toronto just Just crushed Brooklyn They won 134-110, to 110. they led by 33 points In the second quarter, they were 22-44 From 3 We've seen some absurd 3-point shooting numbers it's Most of them For the good, if you're the Lakers They're for the bad um, In Game 2 It was much tighter Toronto won 104-99 to Lowry had a late steal That really sealed the game Brooklyn led for 3 quarters They were up by 14 in the first quarter The thing we find With with Toronto though Why this team is going to be such a tough out And why they're so good Is they are so deep This time it was Van Fleet Van Fleet who had 24 points And 10 assists And Powell who had 24 points some games it's Lowry, other games it's Siakam, other games it's Ananobi who steps up And it could be Gasol or Ibaka There's so many different Weapons, so many different Options they have there In Toronto And now for Brooklyn, unfortunately they I think they needed just for their confidence at the team To steal one of those first two games To make it feel like it could go back and forth And now Joe Harris is going to leave so now a Brooklyn team that's already been decimated by injury Players that have opted out Players that are not here with them They're going to be missing another key One of their best players now that, That's remaining Joe Harris is gone Game 3 Friday, 1.30 Eastern Time Toronto and Brooklyn Over in Boston This was the, the series that I thought with Embiid They would be able to keep this series close And then heck, after Game 1 When you find out that Hayward's going to be out for Game 2 And for the next month at least You figure Philly's really got a puncher's chance in here But that has not been the case Boston's up 2-0 There are a couple of major reasons Boston has been Pretty easily handling the series One is Jason Tatum And I think two is Coach Brad Stevens. You can point to a lot of other players in the floor But Tatum has continued to rise And he has had a very interesting career Because he was so good in his rookie season And then he came back And he, he struggled in his sophomore year In the NBA His second season And a lot of it, we find out now, had to do with Kyrie Kind of stunted his growth and development With the a ball stopper Someone who always has the ball in their hands like Kyrie And it feels like Kemba Is just a much better fit for this team, they like him better And Jason Tatum has taken that step He's better right now than I ever thought He would be, and I think most, A lot of people, even those who are high on him Didn't know if he could get to this level Ever, and even this quickly He is He's become like a 30 point scorer now You can almost count on him for that He's going to have some bad games here or there He still has plenty of things he needs to work on But he makes big shots, he makes such Difficult shots he plays very good defense too, and in this particular matchup now, he doesn't really have to defend anyone. They've tried to to have Horford to take him down into the post a little bit, but the way that Philly's team is built, Tatum can can kind of sit back and and kind of play help defense all over the place because if if Matisse Thybulles in the game, he's not an offensive threat in. There's not really a wing Offensive threat For Philly And that's what That's where this matchup has hurt Philly A lot, because you could look at it you And when we came into it, we looked at it two ways And this is a 2-0 series That, you know, Philly could win a game And, and put themselves right back in it but, but what we've seen In both games So let's go to game one Boston wins 109-101 Embiid ends up Eight for fifteen. First of all, he needs more than fifteen shots. Yes, he had a, he had a bunch of free throws too, but he needs more than that. He had twenty six points and sixteen rebounds. That's just not enough. He has to have thirty five to forty points at least. See, Tatum's been the best player in the series. He had thirty two points, thirteen rebounds, and assists, and three blocks. And then you get Jalen Brown, who's so smooth, and you know you you hear a lot about Tatum, and Brown is just right there. And he contributes and he produces He had twenty nine, six rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals He had 15 points in the 4th quarter Tatum had 15 points in the 2nd quarter In game 1 the Celtics were up by 6 at half And then the 76ers go on a 15-0 run late in the 3rd They're up by 4 to start the 4th quarter And then the Celtics come right back with their run They go on a 9-0 run Boston ended up getting 21 points off of the 18 Philly turnovers you saw a good game from Harris as far as assists are concerned. I, when I'm watching these games, I don't ever notice Tobias Harris out there. I just don't. For a guy who makes max money and as much money as he does, he doesn't even feel like he's out on the court a lot. So the Boston Celtics scored 21 points off of 18 Philly turnovers that uh, that played a big role in Game 1 that Boston ends up winning by 8. So game 2, Boston wins 128-101 to Tatum again set a new playoff career high He one-ups himself, he has 33 points Embiid has 34 points and 10 rebounds The 76ers come out again and they're playing well early They're up by 14 in the first quarter And then they go from up 14 in the first quarter to down by 8 at half And they were never close again Down by as much as 28 They only shot 5 of 21 from the 3 in Boston was 19 of 43 Right there You make five threes, Just like the Lakers did there tonight And your opponent makes 19 of them Tatum's been the best player in the series Not Embiid Tybal entered the starting lineup in Game 2, they had Horford off the bench It didn't matter much Because whatever Philly starts To do well Stevens figures it out, makes an adjustment, and unfortunately Brett Brown either can't make make a readjustment or doesn't have enough of the personnel right now to do so. I've been so disappointed with Harris, expected more from Horford, even Richardson who's been okay. I just I thought all of them were better and had the ability to elevate their game when need be, and they just have not been able to do so. And the Celtics have Game 3 Friday 6.30 Eastern and this is This is probably I mean this is the season for Philly They ain't coming back from 3-0 This is probably Coach Brett Brown's career If they don't win this series, and it, it's a, it's unfortunate again Because Simmons is out right And in most of their playoff exits they haven't been healthy But even when they have been He has not been able to make it work He's been given opportunity after opportunity And this was a Philly team that we thought was going to be so good and, and be such a top Contender for such a long time Trust the process I mean they haven't really gotten close To me, I guess of all the series I'm the I'm the most surprised with this Clippers-Mavericks One, and, and I'm not surprised That the Clippers aren't playing That great right now because They were really unlucky In the bubble They had a lot of players that were either Late to join them Players that had to go in and out Players that have had some sort of an injury From Lou Williams having to leave, Montrez Harrell having to leave, Landry Shamet had issues and injury, Patrick Beverley's had issues and injury, Zubat was late on the scene, so they've, they've, it hasn't been smooth for the Clippers, and when you look at their roster I think everybody, what's weird about the Clippers is we all feel so comfortable and confident with them that they're just going to be there, but we we really haven't seen it yet and this team could be down 02 right now again they could be and and what's nice is they're not they're they're tied 1-1 and you know in game 1 they win 108 to 100 these games have been really fun to watch and just sort of bizarre the way they've gone so in game 1 Doncic had 42 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds, 3 steals and 11 turnovers to start the game Dallas could not even Get a shot off They had 5 turnovers almost immediately And within the first 2 minutes They're down 10 nothing. They're down 18-4 to start And it's looking like uh-oh Are the Clippers just Able to pick their defense up so much That they, The Mavericks have no shot here And then quickly look like Luka gets hurt So Doncic goes out And all of a sudden they make a run And it's it's tied 22-22 with 4 minutes left to go in the first quarter Dallas was up 38-34 At the end of the first They ended up scoring 38 points They were up 50-36 to And then the Clippers make a run It's only a 3 point game at half Dallas is actually up 69-66 With 9 minutes Left to go in the third quarter Dallas is up by 5 And then Por- Porzingis gets ejected For his second technical And that's when the game changed Because let's be honest Dallas has a shot to beat the Clippers Clippers obviously have a much better chance to win the series But Dallas needs things to go well for them They need Porzingis and Doncic to play well And if Porzingis isn't in there, they don't have enough The Clippers just have too much, too many weapons, too many options And that's what ended up happening So, with 9 minutes left to go in the game Again, I'm going to say this for the 5th time because, did it make it easier for the Clippers to win? Did the momentum shift? Did it, did things change when Porzingis left? I think so. Yes. Does that mean that the Clippers were going to lose this game if Porzingis stayed in all the way through? No, not at all. It's a five-point game, and the Clippers are a very good, good late fourth-quarter team. But without Porzingis there, they just flip a switch. They go from down. 5 and all of a sudden by the end of the third Quarter they're up by 5 Dallas only scored 13 points in that third quarter So You know A better third quarter or Perzingis staying in the game, they've been the Better team in this series Can Doc make the adjustments Now? Carlisle's a very good coach too And Luka Is one of those players that has Raised his game now, Kawhi's been really good in game 1. Paul George was very good too. He had 27 points. He was four, he had bit four three-pointers. Kawhi had 29 points and 12 rebounds, six assists and three steals. And Marcus Morris had 19 points, six rebounds and four steals. And this game was tied in 89 in the fourth quarter and it was 103-100 with 3 minutes left. The Clippers just have too much late. They can come up with a couple stops. They have, you know, Five, six guys, you know, that can come in And hit a big three late in the game and, and, and not even think about it So Clippers are able to Get through game one And in a game where, you know You didn't play that well, it was close late Dallas had an opportunity to beat you Even without Porzingis In these playoff games It's all about surviving now So it really doesn't matter how you look As long as you keep winning, right? As fans and as analysts, we all want to see these teams look as great as possible. But who cares if the Clippers look like crap and they come out tomorrow or Friday, and on Friday they win the game by one point and now they're up two to one. Even if they feel like they've been outplayed in the series, if they're up two to one, who cares? In in game two, the Mavericks just kicked the crap out of the Clippers. They led by as many as eighteen points. They ended up winning the game one twenty seven to one fourteen. Dallas won every quarter The Clippers never led in the game Doncic only played 9 minutes In the second half because he was in foul trouble There was a big run For the Mavericks When he was sitting It, It looked like a great opportunity for the Clippers to make a run But they really struggled And honestly, Pat Beverly Like him or not He is a big, big part of this Clippers team Because even if he scores zero points And goes 0 for 4 He sets a tone defensively He's going to give you 5 fouls He's going to be barking at the officials a little bit He just kind of changes the complexion of the game He keeps the Clippers a little bit more Up and on edge They got a real lackadaisical here Paul George was only 4 for 17 He had 14 points I imagine he bounces back with a pretty big game He was kind of chirping on social media After telling everybody who was talking trash to him To, to kind of screw off Dallas ended up getting up In this game 15-2 to Then the Clippers come back It's only a 4 point game after 1 But Dallas led by as many as 17 in the second quarter Clippers cut it again To a close game at the half 61-56 But Dallas just blows them out in the in the second half Porzingis had 23 points, Luka had 28 Trey Burke, Seth Curry, and Boban That's the key, the bench Burke had 16, Curry had 15 Boban had 13 Kawhi was 10 for 21 He had 35 points, Lou William had 23 From a three-point line, the Clippers were 10 for 34 Dallas was 13 for 29 But the Clippers also had 15 turnovers Which hurt them there And again, this just game really was a blowout Wasn't, wasn't all that close Cup's got to bounce back on Friday And play a little bit better 9 Eastern Game 3 on Friday Before we get to the Next wave of games Let's talk a little bit about Thrive Fantasy So if you're listening to this You're an NBA fan And right now with the NBA back With baseball back One of these new fantasy sports apps A DFS app It's Thrive Fantasy They have contests every single day if you baseball, basketball, League of Legends, golf, all sorts of different contests, soccer. Now they've got the football contest up. The NFL is back. Week one contests are up. So for week one, there's the Thursday contest. It's the Chiefs Texans game. It's a twenty five dollar entry, two thousand five hundred to the first place, and ten thousand dollar in guaranteed pool. On Sunday the competition. $25 entry, $5,500 to the winner, $20,000 in guaranteed prizes. And then they also have a Sunday touchdowns only. It's a $20 entry with a $2,500 first prize and $10,000 guaranteed. Three big contests and a ton of other ones that you can play in for two bucks, for five bucks. Remember, you get a bonus right now. Just use the promo code Gino. If you if you like to play fantasy, if you play DFS, this is a new site and you're going to get a little added bonus. You're going to get a $20 bonus just by using the promo code Gino and depositing 20. So you go, deposit 20, promo code Gino, in a minute or two you'll get that instant bonus and you'll have 40 in there. You can play in a couple of these contests, you can check them all out. I will put up a couple of videos this week and show you what the app looks like. Don't forget Use that promo code G-I-N-O I get a few bucks in my pocket You get the 20 bucks deposit bonus When you deposit your 20 Thrive Fantasy NFL Week 1 competition Contests are up So the next slate of series uh, Miami is up 2 on on Indy It's unfortunate because Indy It seems like this happens to Indy every year They have a good season They play really well They overachieve a little bit in the regular season, and they suffer injuries, but everybody steps up, and then they get into the playoffs, and they have a tough series, and they play really hard, but they just don't have enough talent. And I think that's that's the case again this year with Indy. They lost Game One, one thirteen to one hundred one. They kept going back and forth, and back and forth, and battling, but with no Sabonis. And then in Game One, Oladipo got poked in the eye, and he missed, you know, a lot of Game One. So they really didn't have enough firepower without those two. And Warren and Brogdon and Turner, they can do, you know, everything they can. They just for a Miami team that's got Jimmy Butler and Dragic helping to close things out, they got Adebayo, they got Iggy there, they got Hero, Crowder, Olinick, Duncan Robinson. This is a good, well-built, well-rounded Miami team. They're very well coached and they don't you know, they they have a, an issue with Kendrick Nunn, who's now not become as much of a big piece for this team. They're not dealing with issues to major pieces like India's. In game two, Miami won 109 100. Duncan Robinson scored 24 points. Uh, he had seven threes. And the Heat set a record with 18 made three pointers, playoff record. They were 18 for 35. Oladipo did play this game In game 2, he was 5 of 14, he had 22 points And Miles Turner had 17 points 8 rebounds and 5 blocks, he was 7 of 8 They're gonna battle you Indy They just don't have enough Game 3 on Saturday Miami up 2-0 looking to go up A commanding 3 games to none Bucks and Magic Tied 1-1, one of the Major shockers of this playoff You know, round early on was the Bucks winning game 1 over the Magic. Not only winning, they crushed them 122 to 110. Vucevic had 35 points and 14 rebounds and the Bucks shot thir- uh, 43% as a team. The Magic bench outscored the Bucks bench. They didn't have Aaron Gordon playing. They're not no Jonathan Isaac, even Michael Carter Williams isn't playing. And they won that game easily. Bucks came back in game 2 Won 111-96 they, they shot 47% from the field And the Magic only shot 35% They really turned up their defense a little you know, The Magic only shot 21% from 3 And they got more con- uh, They got more Help They got more contributions from You know Brooke Lopez had 20 points He had four threes. threes Connaughton had 15 points They led by as many as 23 But Middleton was just 1 of 8 He only had two points He has not been good as the other guy For them, the number two guy For this Eastern Conference favored Milwaukee Bucks team So 1-1 for them But they haven't looked the dominant Milwaukee team like we saw earlier in the year I'll tell you, Houston May look the best that any Houston and Boston have probably looked the best with what they've been able to do and kind of turn it on Hit shots And play defense Boston's defense has been really solid Houston's defense has been excellent It's just an effort thing And they they don't have Westbrook Through these first few games What is amazing is They're getting major production From House Jeff Green, Austin Rivers, Ben McLemore These are players that are not That, that anybody could have had they were out of Jeff Green's floated all around. Macklem Ward have been all around. House was a G Leaguer. Rivers has been out there for for whoever wants him. And they're they're hitting big shots. They're playing defense. They're helping spread the floor. They know their role. They don't try to do too much, but they're just confident. And and Dantoni kind of injects his confidence in you and he just wants you to take your open shots. He never gets mad at you or upset for you at you for taking an open shot. He gets more upset for not taking the shot. They were always up about fifteen points, in in, in game one. Uh, it was one twenty three to one o eight. Harden had thirty seven and eleven. Jeff Green had twenty two points, and Eric Gordon had twenty one. They were twenty of fifty two from three. And OKC had only two fast break points. Houston led by as many as twenty three. Game 2, Houston wins 111-98 to 98, And this one was sort of weird when you look at it on paper So Harden is 5 of 16 He has 21 points and 9 assists But he's only 2 of 11 from 3 And Eric Gordon was 0 for 10 from 3 So if I told you Harden and Eric Gordon Shoot together 2 for 21 from 3 Would you think Houston won this game? I sure as hell wouldn't Yet everyone else on the team Ends up a combined 17 for 35 They had 6 guys other than Gordon or Harden Make multiple 3-pointers in the game Just a great outing from those role players The other guys House, Green, Rivers, McLemore, P.J. Tucker Shea Gildas-Alexander had 31 points Chris Paul, for his plus-minus Now, I think plus-minus generally is a pretty good tool Sometimes it can be very deceiving But you have to dig into it a little bit But for the most part, it gives you an idea of how somebody's been playing He was a minus-36 And he said after the game that he's got to be better This is one team that I would expect to bounce back in Game 3 And and I think it's nice for Houston Because they can sort of relax a little bit and let Westbrook heal. They don't have to feel forced to bring him back. I, I think for Game Three, you at least and, and I don't know how close he is. He may not even be close, but they don't have to feel now up two is rush to want to bring him back. I think OKC is going to bounce back and play really well in Game Three. This is uh, another one that I, two of the series that I picked to go to seven with one of the winners. I'm down 0-2. I had Philly in seven over Boston and OKC in seven over Houston. And at Philly-Boston, just after watching the, the first two games, I would 100% change my prediction. You know, if, if but I, I I don't do am I going to do something like that? I just can't. It was just a bad a bad prediction. They, they Boston's coaching staff is just too good. Stevens is just too good. And I would probably lean more towards Houston. I just don't trust Houston if they can keep this defense up with these particular players. Playing this level of defense. They're not unbelievable defensive guys. Can they sustain this for the rest of this series? And then if they have to go on and play, you know, hopefully the Lakers and maybe the Blazers. Who knows? I'm fingers crossed, Lakers. As we get into this Lakers Blazers series now tied up at, at one game apiece. And this was the Lakers' first playoff win since May of 2012. How about that? Eight and a half years. Well, not a half, but. 8 plus years. In game 1 the Lakers lost 193. They shot 35% from the from the field. Anthony Davis was only 8 for 24. He looked really off balance. He didn't get any very many good shots up. He was a lot of fading away, falling away, kind of trying to draw fouls and he actually mentioned that after game 2 in that he he felt like he was way off balance in game 1 and you could see his gait was very weird. He was just he just looked off. And he's a great free throw shooter. He shot twelve of seventeen from the free throw line. He ended up missing two really big free throws late in the game. There was a point in the game where the the Lakers were up by six late, and they end up missing four free throws in a row right around that time period. Two from Davis, two from LeBron, and they end up going from up four up six to all of a sudden. The game is tied, they're down one And if they're able to put those free throws in They probably win the game And we're probably sitting here talking about the Lakers Being up two games to nothing If the Lakers can hit more than five three-pointers in game one We're definitely talking about them winning game one They were five for 34 That was 16% That was the second lowest In NBA playoff history So what did we know about the Lakers After that game? That the Lakers weren't a great three-pointing Three point shooting team this year, and they've been even worse in the bubble. But bad is 33 34 percent. This team shot 16 percent, so we they could have shot double what they shot and still not been good, still been lower than their season average. And that's what they did in game two. They just came back to life a little bit. It, honestly, it really only takes one or two of your guys having a game where you hit a few of them to just, for the Lakers, that's all they need to be good and to be competitive. They don't have to shoot 50% from three. They don't have to make a ton of threes. They just have to make some of their open threes. More than anything, they have to not miss as many as they did in game one. Davis was terrible from 3 LeBron was terrible from 3 Nobody was good from 3 Anthony um, Danny Green was awful from 3 KCP was awful They were awful Every one of them Kuzma didn't shoot well from 3 Nobody did Caruso didn't Game 2 They weren't incredible They were just a little bit They were just better They were 14 for 38 Which is 36% And KCP was a big part of that He had 4 of those 3's He was 4 for 6 And he had a total of 16 points and in game one, it really came down to the Lakers not being able to close, and Lillard and the and the Blazers making better making plays late. Game two, completely different story. And in game one, we had sixty four free throws shot. There was no flow. It was ugly. It wasn't. I'm not saying the Lakers were getting screwed by the refs or the Blazers were. It was terrible for both sides in that it was just foul, foul, foul. Missed shot, shot, foul Bow. It was just too much Game 2, a much different story Lakers win this game 111-88 to 88, And honestly, they didn't even play that well Anthony Davis played great And the energy was very good AD had 31 points, 11 rebounds 3 assists, a steal, and a block In 29 minutes And his shot selection was much better He was very aggressive Going for loose balls He was working hard He was the hardest working player on the court tonight Hands down And the Lakers were up by 30 Going into the 4th quarter JaVale McGee, he's been a topic of discussion As the Lakers get out of these slow starts When he's on the court His energy was very good to start They played excellent defense Again, this Lakers team held the Blazers To 88 points after holding them to only 100 points in game 1 So the defense has been there for the Lakers Which you want to see Even when the shooting and scoring has not been there The defense has held strong This is a team that can really turn it on And that's what happens When you have KCP, Caruso, Danny Green Out there, even when they're not making Shots, they play pretty good defense On the, you know, they play good defense So when you have Combinations of those three out there Along with A LeBron and an AD And or a JaVale and a Dwight All of a sudden you're looking at you know seven pretty solid defensive players. Kuzma has become a much better defender. He's not a minus on the defensive end anymore. He can defend multiple positions and he can defend guys if they're really quick, he's in some trouble. but if, if it's more of a if it's a guy with a little bit more size and more footwork and more technique, Kuzma, that's the player that Kuzma is, so he can defend the mirror version of him pretty well. And that's what we're seeing with the Lakers We can trust their defense I mean LeBron was only 4 for 11 He had 10 points, 7 assists, and 6 rebounds He only played 27 minutes Because it was a blowout And they have much better versions Of the game they can play They only shot 10 free throws I mean This is another one If I told you that the Lakers only got 17 points combined Between LeBron and Kuzma You'd probably think they lost If I told you LeBron had 10 and Kuzma had 7 We'd say uh, Lakers got beat by 20 Not they were up by 30 We saw J.R. Smith and Waiters Getting into this lineup earlier Because I think Vogel That's exactly what we wanted to see from Vogel Willing to make some some rotation adjustments Try a couple things out See what worked Some things didn't Some did Okay now he knows what he might go to Or what matchups he likes Going into game 3 Damian Lillard came out of the game With a dislocated finger But he looks like he will play in game 3 He's already said he wants to play in game 3 On Saturday Miami, Houston, the Bucks And the Lakers Blazers all will play on Saturday They're game 3's And the question we have now With the Blazers is Are they tired We've seen this team have to play at such a high level Now for 3 consecutive weeks it looks like Nurkic is tired Dame looked a little bit tired All of their players have had to play heavy, heavy minutes They don't have one of the deeper benches in the world They're only about three deep off the bench No Collins around now too Which means he was he, just another body out there That could eat up some minutes Will they have enough to keep going And play a Lakers team That seems like they woke up a little bit But I mean the same concerns that you have with Milwaukee, and with the Clippers not playing great If LeBron isn't going to be able to get to the level of LeBron The Lakers have no chance to win the title They can still get through this series, probably They can still get through a couple series But will they be able to beat the best version of the Clippers, Bucks, Raptors Some of those teams, if they're playing at their best Without LeBron completely tuned in and focused? No There have been a lot of rumors about things Behind the scenes with LeBron He's had some weird quotes Where he said things are are not going great And then he mentioned it had nothing to do with the team There may be some things in his personal life He missed a bunch of layups In the Thursday night game And he seemed very passive He just, yeah, he hasn't quite seemed himself Even in game one his numbers were better But he wasn't incredible And down the stretch he he definitely... He lost the battle of the stars down the stretch to the Blazer Stars. They won that game. It was a game. Game one was a game for the taking. The Lakers crapped the bet early. They were lucky to be in it. They were lucky to get up by five, six points in the in the fourth quarter and have a chance to to just play one quarter of a pretty good basketball, one quarter and a half, and and be able to win. And they couldn't even really do that. So yeah, I mean, as a Laker fan. Seeing and as a just an analyst knowing The Lakers team their depth what, what they have Compared to Portland It's just a little too much the size And the options In a series But if, if we're not getting LeBron at LeBron Level and we are getting Dame at Dame Level and we'll see what happens with this Dislocated finger This could be a series but Remember CJ McCollum's got The, the back in true too So he's a little bit banged up and And it seems like they're starting to get tired Again, they played really poor though They didn't really play awesome in either of these games They haven't had one of these blitzed scoring games You know they're going to have a game like that Where they all shoot well and they score 120 points It's just, can the Lakers score 125 in that game? Basketball Four more games on Friday Let's uh, transition over to baseball Baseball The Mets have had a game cancelled because of a COVID case And so now we don't know when we're going to see the Mets again They were slated to play the Yankees this weekend We'd have to imagine those games are going to be cancelled It seemed like baseball was sort of We're never over this or past this But it, it kind of felt that way Wednesday would have been the first time All 30 teams have played a game this year one of them got rained out, so it didn't have anything to do with COVID. It, but now we've got another COVID issue. So again, we'll see because these developments are sort of day by day and, and hour by hour. And the the Mets had won three in a row. They were actually playing pretty well. They were up to twelve and fourteen and not far out of a playoff spot. So now we'll have to wait and see what happens with the the Mets. They'll be dealing with issues. Similar to that the Marlins had and the Cardinals have had And, and some of these teams now who are well behind and having to play double headers to try to catch up The Yankees are struggling a little bit they, they went through a stretch where they started to play really well And then they just got hit by injury just like they did last year And so they have won. They lost 3 in a row while Tampa's won 5 in a row And so Tampa jumped over the Yankees in the AL East Tampa is now 17-9 and they swept Boston, they swept the Yankees, they're a half game up on the Yankees, who have now Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, DJ LeMahieu, Zach Britton, Tommy Canley, Glaber Torres, and Paxton, all with injuries. Aaron Judge, Stanton, DJ, Britton, Canley, all on the IL. You can throw Severino in the mix if you want, because that was before the season. And then Glybar just left a game earlier, and, and so did Paxton with an elbow an elbow issue. That's crazy. This happened to them last year. How could it happen again? You wonder now if it happened. It's just is this this group? We we know with with Stanton, he's been injury prone, and we don't want to say that with Judge, but he has had some issues. He's just a big guy. Big bodies, it's harder to keep big bodies Like that healthy all the time So we'll see Can these Yankees weather the storm They've just lost three in a row Right now what's crazy, they would be the five seed In the playoffs In the the American League So Baltimore What we've seen now too in the last week Week and a half, some of the teams that were Supposed to be really really bad But had great starts Are coming back to life now. The three that jump out Baltimore, Detroit, and the Marlins. So Baltimore's lost five in a row. The Tigers were nine and five. They've lost nine in a row. They're nine and 14 now. And the Marlins were nine and three. No, nine and four. They've lost five in a row. Now they're nine and nine. So these teams that overachieved a little bit early, they're starting to come back to life now. The AL Central, they those top three teams in there are playing really good baseball. They're starting to separate themselves. Twins are seventeen and nine. They're seven and three in their last ten. Indians are sixteen and nine. They're eight and two in the last ten. They've won six in a row. And remember, a couple of their major pitchers they've sent down for disciplinary reasons. The White Sox they're fifteen eleven now. They're seven and three in their last ten. They've won five in a row. The hottest team in baseball though. I hate saying this And I think everybody hates hearing it And everybody hates reading about it and seeing it Unless you're an Astro fan The Astros are playing some good baseball right now They've won 8 in a row They're 15-10 and 10. They're still 2 games back of the A's But and a week ago It started feeling like this team Could maybe miss the playoffs They were struggling They were not looking good And they just have gone on a tear And played some really good baseball They beat up on the Rockies a, a little bit the A's 18 and 8 just solid in one of baseball's best and in that division you know the Rangers and the Angels continue to struggle the Rangers have lost 5 in a row and the Angels have lost 3 in a row they are 8 and 18 if the playoffs started today as of Friday in baseball the 8 playoff teams in the American League would be Oakland Tampa Minnesota Cleveland Yankees, Astros, White Sox, Blue Jays So we'd have an Oakland A's Versus Toronto Blue Jays series We have had a we would have a Tampa Rays versus Chicago White Sox series We'd have a Twins-Astros series Which would be a lot of fun And then an Indians-Yankees series Which would be a lot of fun because you get the pitching Of the Indians versus the bats of the Yanks Over on the National side, talked about the Marlins They've lost 5 in a row in the East the Mets they won the three straight and the Phillies and the Nationals continue To struggle the Phillies have lost three in a row And the Nationals and Phillies are tied At 9-12 and so a division That people thought would be better and competitive Is really not And the Central Division is another one that I, I think a lot of people thought would be much more Competitive and it hasn't been so far The Cubs just continue To play good ball They're 16-8 and all they have to do Is play 500 now for the next 35 games Kimbrel picked up a save If he can get back to some Version of Kimbrel and help them With their bullpen They're getting number one starter stuff from you Darvish You have to imagine they're going to start hitting Their, Their bats have not been Great or sexy They're only ninth in the National League In runs scored They're just winning off their pitching right now Which is not the way you would think this team Would be winning so if they stack it up with Darvish, Hendricks, and Lester, how much can they get out of Lester? Maybe in this shortened season, they can get enough out of him. This Cubs team is playing a lot better than I thought they would be. The Reds, who were a hot team for many, including me, they're already five and a half games out of first place. They just can't put it together. Cardinals having to make up a lot of games. They're seven and seven. They're um, they're four games out of first. And how about the lowly Pirates in the NL Central? Four and seventeen—they've lost four straight games. They are awful, just awful. That's not what you can say about the NL West. We got all five teams with double-digit wins in this division. You got four teams at 500 or better. You got the Dodgers now, who are really starting to play some good, good baseball. They are eight and two over their last ten. They have a plus 66 run differential Which is number one in baseball The second, the team with the second best run differential In the National League is the Cubs That's plus 15 So the Dodgers run differential Versus the Cubs 66 to 15 the The second best team in the entire league Is at plus 39 and that's the Twins So we're talking about a Dodgers team That is just crushing teams Right now They are a game and a half better Than every team in the National League The Cubs are a game and a half behind the Dodgers For the best uh, record in the NL And Atlanta's four games Behind the Dodgers Who are starting to separate themselves now Padres have won four in a row They're up to 15-12 and And they are the first team in history With four straight games With a grand slam That's a pretty cool uh, stat the Rockies, who are a good start, they've lost 4 in a row They're 13-12, and 12, and they are just 2-8 and eight in their last 10 They would still be in the playoffs though Right now, in the National League It would be Dodgers, Cubs, Braves, Padres, Rockies, Marlins, Cardinals, D-backs So we'd get a Dodgers-Diamondbacks series We'd get a Cubs-Cardinals series we get a Braves Marlins series and we get a Padres Rockies series. So we'd have four series that would be all divisional Dodgers D backs, Cubs Cardinals, Braves Marlins, and Padres Rockies. That'd be kind of interesting there. Baseball, we'll check back in next week. Things are going. I mean, things are moving right now. Every few days, it's another big chunk of the season gone. One of our longtime sponsors On that's what G said Sarah Candle Company The website SarahCandles.com C-E-R-A Candles.com And the goal of this company was to create a candle That was 100% natural And clean burning The highest quality that everyone can enjoy Are you someone who likes candles? I, I like candles, I like to burn them all the time I like to make sure there's a, a nice scent in, in the house And what I like about These particular candles is They're better for you Next time you're looking to buy some candles Just just write down sarahcandles.com We have a promo code GINO That's going to get you 10% off your purchase So you have a little incentive to try them They have all natural soy wax in them Which means they're free from toxins uh, That are found in paraffin wax A lot of the other leading candle brands use And the natural soy wax Will actually hold your scent better And will burn up to 50% longer Than those traditional paraffin wax candles these things are made with 100%, 100% lead free cotton wicks Completely natural scents Micro batches, hand poured to ensure the highest quality Locally sourced, handcrafted in the USA We've got 25 different scents over at Sarah Candles Fragrance oils that are infused with natural essential oils And they've got instructions and details On how to have the perfect burn How to make sure to take care of your candle Because remember, you want to trim the wick a little bit You want to make sure that you, you're not lighting a wick that was a... Um, that was burned from last time out it, It'll tell you how to use the top of the candle To uh, to put it out Instead of blowing it out Different things that'll give you a better burn And will keep your candle better to last longer This was created by people who love candles They started out experimenting Trying to create the perfect candle And now they've blossomed into Sarah Candle Company You've heard Tyler Herringer The head honcho of this company He's a big sports fan He's been on here a couple times Very good friend of mine Promo code G-I-N-O Helps them out, helps you out You get 10% off, helps me out I look good with one of my sponsors You put a few bucks in my pocket Let's do the uh, the old triangle of help right here Sarah Candle Company You get a great candle, you help out a nice company And you help me out a little bit too I'm burning these things every day Promo code G-I-N-O Gets you 10% off your purchase Let's get to Some NFL Hard Knocks episode 2 HBO So Hard Knocks episode 2 where We're getting uh, Hard Knocks LA Chargers and Rams We actually get to see a little more football in here The very beginning It's it's the walkthroughs And Sean McVay is talking about how they don't want Too many self-inflicted wounds They don't want to be a team that beats themselves On September the 13th how qu- It feels so quickly It feels right there Football just a few weeks away so Anthony Lynn is funny I like him watching this this show he, He's been funny He can't figure out the megaphone and So things now Phase 2 are just a, getting almost They're almost here The sliding glide tempo is what they're calling it Things are slightly ramping up Because the protocols are working They've had no positive tests for players For either team And the veterans get to stay at home Which is a little bit different The rookies have to stay in the team hotel It's just it's different for them without extra Camp time and preseason games For these rookies, especially these undrafted rookies They don't get the opportunity To show the coaches more of what they have There are less reps for them Less opportunities in a preseason game To go out there and show that they can play at the high level You know, Austin Eckler He's running back for the the Chargers Talking about how the preseason helped him Get into a game Helped him get noticed he was trying. He wants to help some of the undrafted guys like Darius Bradwell, who is a little overweight. He's a running back, and the coaches are on him. They like him, but he's heavier than the guy they saw on tape, and he's working really hard to try to lose the weight, doing extra stuff uh, after practice. We see Jalen Ramsey looking for a house. He's got one personalized for him by the owners They've set this thing all up in Thousand Oaks This massive house They did research on him to find out some of the things that he likes So there's the, His family pictures and stuff all over There's things that he is a fan of Art Some of his hobbies all over the place They really you know, tailored this house Perfectly to him He mentioned how tr- getting traded to the Rams Was one of the best days of his life we see the rookie linebacker for the Chargers Clay Johnson, he's a talker, he's goofy He's trying to learn, he seems to be struggling A little bit, he's a little annoying But he means really well, you could tell he really cares He's just asking a ton of questions And talking a lot, and a lot of the guys are just rolling Their eyes at him, but he's asking Some of the older veterans for help And they're just trying to tell him to keep it simple And But his confidence does seem a little shaken When we see him Jared Goff with the cool little mini golf setup at his place He's got one of these setups where He's chipping down To where the putting green is So it's like the mini golf setup Where you you hit into You know, uh, into the clown's mouth And then it goes down, but instead of hitting it Into something and it just shoots it down He just chips from a, a top Level down to a, a bottom level Which is, is pretty cool And we see him just Talking about uh, his learning process Over the last couple of years As he's going through reps at, at practice And Sean McVay is out there running the show Which is really funny He's he's so he he His energy is contagious He would be hard not to be smiling Or to be really focused around He's out there Just having fun with all the guys One thing that wasn't fun Was when one of the Charger staffers Tested positive Or so they thought They they thought he had tested positive for COVID So then they have to kind of wait and see more Who has he been around, who has he interacted with Did they have to quarantine them, what's going to happen They ended up finding out it was a false positive So he takes a couple tests That are negative and he's able to Come right back and get back in the swing of things And only miss a couple days But that was a a big scare for them Because he's been very careful He's been gloves, masks, not interacting with, With a lot of people And they weren't sure how he got it And they found out, okay, that he actually didn't So, Justin Herbert Rookie, quarterback out Taking some snaps And man, he looks so good All the physical tools And the coaches really like him But they want him to be a little more vocal And to lead a little bit more He's got to learn the pro cadence now It's much different than running the shotgun at Oregon And they can They can see what he does Before he does it He's telegraphing the plays they're going to run in the play action when it's going to be a handoff, when it's going to, when he's going to tuck it and he's going to throw, so so Justin's trying to watch Tyrod and to learn because some of the linemen are giving him pointers out, out there, and we see one of the best players in the league, Aaron Donald, just looking beastly as always. Veteran offensive lineman Andrew Whitworth, he's helping the youngins. He's 38. He's the old man, and his family is just recovering from COVID. Also, his nanny had it. Gave it to his family, his kids His wife, his in-laws They all had it, his father was in the hospital For five days, so He knows how serious this can be, he takes it very seriously And we see the league taking this seriously Because the players are getting their wristbands That will alert them to everything COVID, social distancing, temperature How far they are away from someone Are they Looking like their you know Immune system is low They get these all these signals with these wristbands and it it's hard for players can you imagine these are players who have had a routine developed for 10, 15, 20 years where you've done things one way and now you just have to stand farther away. it's not it's, it's not stupid. it's not t- trying to disrespect or not follow the rules. it's just I've always been able to walk up and talk to somebody, give them a, a fist bump. It's just your muscle memory, your body it's just different. It's just different and it's not always easy. The uh, Chargers coach is back after the couple of clean tests. Now we see the players talking about their favorite fish to eat. They're talking about fish eyes. No thank you for a picky eater like me. No, no, no. We see the cornhole game between the Charger players. They're just doing things to pass the time. I will say, we got about two or three minutes of this cornhole game, which felt like a a little much of just watching them play cornhole. So phase 2 of camp is here Players are practicing in helmets The option of the face shield Which can slide right in the helmet And be removed at any time This is actual football now, no more walkthroughs At least we know Jalen Ramsey Is confident in himself He's talking to one of his teammates And he said, no I'm not KD I'm like LeBron plus Kawhi Okay Really? Okay, he thinks thinks pretty highly of himself Coaches, players, executives Everybody's happy to be going full swing We are just three weeks away from NFL football It was episode two of Hard Knocks HBO Episodes come out Tuesday night on HBO You can go back and watch them on uh, on demand Anytime you want on HBO, HBO Max Any of those uh, um, services, apps Let's talk a little... Oldsmokeclothing.com We don't really see a lot of places Out there with horse racing Swag, t-shirts Memorabilia um, Different options for you It's just there's not a lot of places That exist Oldsmokeclothing.com is your Home for everything T-shirts, polos, hoodies Long sleeves, zip ups, hats With horse names, big races Slogans Logos you can show the horse racing fan in you Do you love Tis the Law? Tons of different Tis the Law options T-shirts, hats, maybe you're a Midnight Bisou fan Go check out the options for Midnight Bisou Oldsmokeclothing.com And like always Because you listen to That's What G Said You're going to get a little incentive If you use the promo code GINO Free shipping Yes, free shipping on your order With the promo code GINO Oldsmokeclothing.com Are you a big horse racing fan? Is your brother, your dad, your mom, your friend, your sister, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, grandma, grandpa, uncle, aunt Anyone that you know that's a a fan of racing Check out all the different options here This would be a very cool, unique, different kind of gift for them Something they wouldn't be expecting And if they love horse racing, this is something they will rock over and over Don't forget Promo code G-I-N-O Gets you free shipping Oldsmokeclothing.com Horse racing time Friday, Saratoga, get those past performances Out, we're going to be talking August the 21st And we're going to start in race number one We're going to talk some early pick five So In the first uh, I'm thinking To the Outside, silver token's going to be Really tough, I think he's the one to beat He broke on top Last time out when he defeated Advanced Strategy He was down inside battling, he switched to the two path He came on in between, he just missed He's probably the one to beat in here I don't love Advanced Strategy, I just think There's there's no monsters In here, so he's, he's well He's well placed in this spot The three are Destiny with the blinkers on Should be sitting close, exiting A live race, he was facing Open Company last Time out, now he's back in with New York Breads I like our destiny in here to sit close throughout. I think Striking Causeway, he couldn't get the lead last time. He took back, and then he was just brutal trip on the inside. He got shuffled back. He was really not asked. I thought it was a bad ride, um, just not persevered with at all. And now you have IRAD jumping aboard. So I'd imagine a much more aggressive ride from IRAD with Striking Causeway in here. And Joel jumps to Advanced Strategy, who, you know, should try to run, should be the one that's going to have to come and run them all down late. And so. One of the reasons why I have a tough time leaving him out Is because I think the other major contenders in here That we're using The 3, Our Destiny The 4, Striking Causeway And Silver Token They could all be forwardly placed We could see see Striking Causeway and Our Destiny Battling up front And Silver Token After showing more speed last time out If they want to say, hey this worked well for us Let's show more speed Then if those 3 hook up Advanced strategy could come rolling I do think Silver Token sits the trip In here though and Or Destiny at a price Feels like the one with the maybe the most Upside if, if you know he's like 5 to 1 or over So it'll be 3, 4 6 and 7 in the pick 5 in race Number 1 In race number 2 and I'll go through Two different tickets that I'm, I'm going to Play a couple different approaches um, One horse that I really like is in this second race And that's to the outside with Lucky Asset uh, I just thought his his Stretch out to a mile and an eighth Was very very good it, It's better than it looks on paper He he got the race at a mile and an eighth and Out of the way now So he's been this trip And I think he can he can sit a little bit closer I love the outside draw in here I'm not a fan of Ash I Am And I, I think the angry man Getting back to the dirt Is you know probably the one to beat and I'll I'll throw the 3 obsessed in as well. So we'll end up going 653 in here, but I think Lucky Asset is in a great great spot. I just don't I don't love the rest of this field and he continues to improve. Get ready for Lucky Asset to run a big one. 653. And I'm going to single Lucky Asset on one ticket. Other ticket I'll play 356. We move into race number 3. Won't get too cute in here. Just gonna go four or five, six. Sky's not falling. First time on the turf. Plenty of turf pedigree there. You have Fauci, you have Golden Pal, the Wesley Ward runners. So it'll be five, four, six for me in that order in the third. In race number four, we'll spread out in here. We got a New York Bread Maiden special weight, six furlongs the distance. The three seven seven with the experience, that could be massive in here. He was close up but he was hooked wide And he's the lone runner in this field with experience I think he's a must use For that very reason The Six The seven I think are both horses you want to throw On the ticket uh, Cape Cod gem whose dam was six for 32 Earned 340000 Was stakes placed and the lone sib was a, a two time Winner and the barn has always been about You know 10-12% or so with first time starters. If you go back to the last 127, they were 12 percent with a $2.27 ROI. Its Gravies Dam was a multiple winner. I'm gonna use that one for a really good first out barn. Citizen K is a half to La Fuerza who earned 260,000, was a multiple stakes winner, was four for eight, and the dam of Citizen K won a couple times. So Eagle Orbs, obvious dam, was a three time winner, won at two, earned 145,000. Seven siblings that she's produced, six of them have won. Three, six, four, seven, eight. And we move to race number five. And I like the nine in here a lot. My man Flintstone. I'm going to play one ticket where I single him on the end. My man Flintstone, who's taking the big, big cutback in here. And he's getting back to five and a half furlongs on the grass, cutting back from six and a half furlongs. If he can clear this field on the turn back, he will be very, very tough. He was two and a half lengths clear in the stretch last time out I mean he looked home free He just got tired late He's been the runner up in his last two starts as your beaten favorite He has legitimate excuses for his poor performances A couple of stakes races One race where he hurt Art Collector And another race where he had like legitimate trouble I, you know he, no issue with the grass for him. L- only legit trouble in the only race he's ran on the grass. This is a this is a distance thing. My man Flintstone, he's gonna try to clear the field. I'm gonna single him on one pick five. The others in here would be Propensity, who he had a good start. He settled in about six. He was five lengths off on the outside. He made a three deep move. He opened up two. It was an easy win for him in his last try. Unprecedented Who broke on top, tracked from 5th Then was back uh, Tracked from 3rd then back to 5th Came on late, it wasn't bad It was kind of a weird ride on Unprecedented More like it is really lightly raced With some upside, he should get a great trip in here So I'll use those 3 On another ticket along with My man Flintstone It's 9.465 for me In race number 5 at Saratoga and I didn't love the light part of the card, so for me, it's Saratoga on Friday. It's just early, early pick five stuff. And let's take a look at a couple of different approaches on the ticket. So, in race number one, I'll go three, four, six, seven, single the six, lucky asset, with four, five, six, with three, four, six, seven, eight, with four, five, six, nine. Play another ticket where we end up using three, same, same four to start, three, four, six, seven, and then in race number two, instead of singling lucky asset. We're going to use Obsessed, Angry Man And Lucky Asset 3, 5, and 6 With 4, 5, 6 in the 3rd With 3, 4, 6, 7, 8 in the 4th Single My Man Flintstone The number 9 in race number 5 That is Friday Over at Saratoga Let's stay Friday horse racing Let's get you to Del Mar Get those past performances out Friday, Del Mar, August the 21st Let's get you to race number 1 And we got to start with with Miss Flawless here from the inside. So you look at her last couple, two starts back on May the 31st. She she was good in a very similar spot. She had a good start. She sat a close-up third, fourth on the inside. Things got tight. She had to shuffle a bit. She was saving ground. She was ready to pounce. But the winner had already built up momentum on the outside and was able to sort of pin this gal in. She's got a lot more tactical speed than she Showed in her most recent Start So she was taken back to last On the inside then she was in the two path. Then she angled to You know the center she wasn't Far out of it she was just facing a little bit better And she was too far back when she made her move She was behind A horse named Quick who came right back To finish second beating a neck in an $80,000 stakes race You see Tanahanu that's a a horse who's also defeated Clearly gone Her rival next door So I mean She's a runner up at the level 2 back She's claimed by Syringe She tries tougher and, and I didn't love the trip And now she's back in a really good spot Miss Flawless I think you have to use in all of your exotics The So the The two clearly gone I'm going to use in some underneath spots The June 5th race That was the last time going long on the grass And she got to go over to the Inside, she was fifth But she was in a tight spot, she was about three, four lengths off She tried to get off the rail She moved to the two path And she ends up getting caught in between She was traveling really, really well And just had nowhere to go And she was never really clear Late, it was a sneaky good third Then she tried the dirt And you can put a line right through that effort So I'm going to use her on a couple pick four tickets The two clearly gone Have to watch Kitty Hawk last and just see Rispoli sticks Which you like First off the claim for Palma Who's 6 for the last 33 First off the claim and 4 for the last 9 But they're only 1 for their last 89 on turf The Palma barn 16 in the money finishes But 1 for the last 89 on the grass Last out Kitty Hawk last was was close up from the outside Was hooked about 3-4 deep into the turn She settled in 4th, she was 3 off She was 2 deep, she just couldn't go by Or she couldn't go on with Hurley She's kind of a grindy type She's going to have to prove it in here Lexington Grace Really likes minor awards She tried to tuck in from the outside She got hooked wide She settled 8th, ninth. She's about 5-6 lengths off She was 3 deep for over a half mile And she tried to take back And save ground, but she could only do it just briefly. And she was about six or seven lengths wide when she launched. She, I mean, she really had no other shot, though. It wasn't, I don't think it was Franco's fault. It was just unlucky where she was drawn. She she had post 12 that day. She just shouldn't be so wide today. But she's over her last 13. You got seven in the money finishes, though. Hurley. Broke well, sat mid pack with six, with about five off on the two path. Got hooked three, then four wide. Made a big early move. Was just no match for the winner, Sugary, that day, who ran right by. Hurley was a clear cut second. There's not a lot of speed in here. So, Peach time, maybe you can make a case for, for her being forwardly placed. This nine year old mayor, I just don't think she's even as quick as, as Quinny is, to be honest. And So I mean maybe a good A really nice spot for Peach Time And if they get aggressive But she was 21-1 to 1 last year at Del Mar In a similar spot and she didn't run well She seems like she might be A little overmatched in here Great spot as far as the, uh, the The way the pace of this race shapes up And that's what leads you to Quinny Because Quinny has a lot of things Going for her here Look at her last couple races so go back to May. Uh, the May race Two starts back She's chasing Lone Speed Ellie Arroway In a strong race That has produced Next Out winners She comes back on July the 25th She broke well, she sat third She's getting a perfect trip Just a couple lengths off She moves to the lead She moves three wide and in between horses and Then she uh, is moving in tandem with her rival I didn't think it was a great ride Because she was sort of reacting Instead of dictating what she wanted to do When other horses would move, she would move Instead of Quinny making the move And I think you get someone like Pratt aboard He's going to be much more aggressive He's going to be decisive in here She's going to put two starts together You're going to be more fit She catches the field without any pace She might be the quickest Maybe she lets Peach Time go and sit second I think from the outside draw You look at this race thinking you're dropping in class You're putting two together, there's not a lot of speed Pratt's got to say I, it's coming, catch me time. I'm gonna be either on the lead or I'm gonna be right behind Quinny, basically, or right behind uh, Peach Time, basically, like I'm on the lead here. So again, not a sexy pick with the seven, but the way I see this race, I'm gonna single the seven on one pick five ticket. On another ticket, you can use the maybe the one and the seven, and then on the different ticket, I'd probably go one, two, four, five, and seven as the the major contenders in here. In race number two, the one tis hot and dusty. Has a chance to steal this race from the inside I think You you look at this lightly raced Gelding, he's three years old now And if he tossed the turf Tries He won his debut going five and a half furlongs Came back And then was off the bench For a while, came back at the beginning Came back this year and his first start of this year He tried the grass, put a line right through it Came right back at Los Al On June the, the 28th he drew the rail, it was a fine start He settled inside, he was fourth, he was a couple lengths off He waited inside nicely for room Got an opening, moved through Tried really hard I think he's just going to be better on the lead And, and he's not going to be able To sit and pass these horses Going six and a half furlongs He won't be as fit as some of the others late His chance of winning this race is Hey, I'm getting aggressive I, I drew the rail, I'm going to send hard That's got to be the game plan here Tis hot and dusty, use him in all your exotics You know You could do worse for a, a big long shot Than Great Ulysses who's a total wild card He won his debut going a mile At Indy He was a fine fourth at Keeneland after that In an allowance race behind South Bend Then he tries Calbred Stakes races And he's sent to the bench after His two races back have not been great But now it's going to be Second start off the long layoff Second time for O'Neill. He's going back to dirt He's coming out of a race That's produced a next out winner You know You can make a case For this uh, this horse at a price Natural history Has legit excuses For some of his Poor performances Early on in his career He was in tougher He tried turf Races that were followed by layoffs Last out he faced Rival Hidden Promise At Churchill He was behind Hidden Promise, but He was in a He was in tight, he had to steady And he had to back out of a spot And then he got stuck down on the inside Five lengths off, he had nowhere to go He's traveling really, really well He moved to the rail, but he didn't have um, A a very nice opening And by that point, the top two had already snuck away Now he's a first time gelding And he's going to go first off the claim for Bob Hess Jr. He's going to go third off the, the layoff this is going to be a great spot for Natural History He's a horse I think you have to use in all of your exotics I'm not leaving him off any tickets Hidden Promise You know what? He was getting a a perfect trip When he outfinished Natural History At Churchill a couple back No excuses that day, he should have won Maybe 7 furlongs is too far Maybe even 6 in a half is He might be best at 6 I just... He wouldn't be a massive surprise I just like others more in here I'd even prefer a horse like Promise Nothing Who was forwardly placed 3 deep in his last start He took back to 4th And then he loomed up to within a, a length and a half Before fading He just couldn't go on That day with Zimba Warrior And the slight cutback should help Shooting money should be forwardly placed He, he doesn't seem too far behind the others In overall talent But Is 6.5 where he's at his best I I just don't think so He was in chase mode At the top of the lane a couple starts back Going 5.5 and and he sort of fell into third He tried hard It looks like the one to beat is, is Drippin Sauce Who He was a debut winner and came back and he looked a really tough field In his second start against Stakes Company Came back in career start number 3 And wins and then tried Stakes Company again He has a couple of le- legitimate excuses He's one horse Same type of thing You go through his career You can cross out a couple races And then things start to look much better He's proven at Del Mar he- You love this cutback for him He's going to sit close He's going to go third off the very long layoff He's the horse to beat for me this on the outside I like the turn back He's... You know, but he's been here three times at Del Mar. He's run second, third, and fourth. He was favored at uh, a maiden thirty-two last year. It's just you know situation of like others more. So for me, it's one three seven in all of the exotics here with Tiz Hot and Dusty. The one to to bet perhaps, p- Based uh, on what his price is five to one or so would be great. And so one three seven two five, one three seven two five on a couple others. We move to race number three. <laughs> I'm taking a lot of time today. I, I really liked uh, the Friday card, though. So, you know, I, I I try to go through some of the other horses, even if they're not necessarily horses I'm betting. Um, so maybe we can lead you to something underneath in some of your exotics or maybe lead you to an angle or something to use uh, for next time. We get to the third race, and just on paper, there is not a lot of speed, right? I have to use Calixman. He's one going a mile on the turf. He was third in the grade three La Jolla. He... It going a mile and a 16th It's easy to excuse his last two starts One of them was in August of 2019 And then he hadn't raced between August and July He hooks a small field There's no other speed He should be a few lengths clear early He's the one to catch Second off the long layoff He'll, he'll take him as far as he can I'm going to use him In big score and all the exotics Big Score and Murad Khan are coming out of the same race and I just I have more reason to think Big Score takes a step forward than I do Murad Khan. Big Score was taken back to 8th. He was too deep. He was 7 off. He was chasing you know a ra- he was he was chasing in a race where the top 2 finishers were third and first throughout. So not a lot of passing. He ends up angling out widest of all and he just didn't have a ton of punch. He'll be much sharper. Second off the long layoff Pratt jumps back aboard Big score to me Gotta use along with the four Kalixman And if you want to go a little deeper It would be Builder Who's looking for his third in a row He might not be as good as some of these But let's say Kalixman's loose on the lead And Builder's sitting at length Like two lengths behind in second And then Marad Khan Big score and Jaskin Are kind of in their own race Towards the back of the pack and maybe Kalixman gets tired And Builder just falls into it I could see that happening I don't really have any knocks on Jaskin I just kind of see him as a question mark Second time older, second off the long layoff He had a slow start He was dead last, he was 10 off, he moved into it But he was in some traffic I mean he could win I just feel like there's more upside With with Big score in here So you know, I, I wouldn't talk you off him but I'm going to go 3-4-1 4-3-1 four, four, With Calixman on top As a, you know, an opportunity to try to steal this race In race number 4 Six Verlongs Calbred Maiden's 50s By Wave By From the inside has not raced since April of 2019 Now faces tougher from the rail For a barn that hasn't started many lately You see a few of these um, Barns in here that just haven't had a lot of winners lately Alexis Barba Really good barn Has had some nice horses through the years Just But just 2 for 34 over the last 5 years You look at The the Neff barn with Evening Sonnet They're just 2 for 32 over the last 5 years You look at The Gutierrez barn Who Is not winning a ton They're 0 for their last 32 So barns that haven't been winning a whole ton The 2 Jan Jan Can For Pipey this gal can improve It's easy to excuse her debut Versus better And it was back in August at Del Mar of, of, Back in August of 2019 She was basically off for a year She comes back it was A slowish start, she was 10th of eleven. She was eight off, she ends up moving in between courses Then angles outside Then starts to travel really well late Was a fine 4th, now it's going to go 2nd start off the bench She improves at all She's right there I'm going to use Jan Jan Cannon, some exotics Almost a year layoff for Evening Sonnet Just gotta watch this one Faded Love is a first time starter for a barn Who's been struggling at the meet The dam did win her second start In a maiden 50 at Santa Anita She was pretty quick Two sibs to race so far for Faded Love And they've both been winners Keep it classy Just has to show a little bit more Get him tiger Drops in class She's gotta be a, a use In most exotics for me Two back, she drew the rail sprinting against maiden special weight cowbreds. She's traveling really well, but she was tucked inside with nowhere to go. So she moves to the two path. She still has to wait. The top of the lane, she gets room, but the winner was already able to sneak away. And then last time out, she gets bumped around at the start. She, she gets steadied out of a tight spot. She just has a really tough first furlong going long on the grass. Really easy to put a line right through that race. She's our arch. We'll add the blinkers for Gutierrez. They're gonna drop in class, and I just—I don't really know if she's any good. She's faced better in a few starts, and she's been sixth, fifth, and eighth. You can excuse the grass race and look at the two races on the dirt. The July fifth race, she broke slow. She was outrun. She broke slow and outward. She was she was okay from the back of the pack when she started to close. She just missed fourth. It was non-threatening. Little Miss Ellie's. Probably the one to beat in here She had a fine start She was hooked wide on the outside She was outrun a little bit uh, She was about 10th 8 off She was 4 wide She makes a big outside move 4 wide at the top of the lane And really strong late for little Miss Ellie We'll be using her in all exotics Olay Silver reportedly training pretty well And Flavian Pratt jumps aboard After a slow start from the rail She got stuck Mid-pack and then she's kind of shuffled back to eight, with nowhere to eighth, with nowhere to go, and when she got room, she, she tried to angle off the rail. It, it was an okay effort. She was not far behind Jan Jan. I, I think she's another one that you can probably use. But my top selection is going to be Magnolia's Hope. This five-year-old mare has had some issues. She's only raced five times, but she's done her best work in her last two starts for the new barn for Wong. On June the 28th It's a good start She settles in third, fourth She's a couple lengths off She ends up moving up to third She's three deep She makes a bid before the top of the lane She tries really hard down the center of the track But she's just second best And it wasn't surprising She needed the race She hadn't raced in almost 14 months She comes back on July the 26th She steps up against Calbred Maiden Special Weights Slow start She's You know Rushed up onto heels Then she gets shuffled She takes back She angles around 5 wide It was just a bad ride She gets to the 6th path Down the center of the racetrack Now she's going to go 3rd off the long layoff She's drawn to the outside There's not a ton of other speed in here She's going to drop back in With Cal Red Maiden Claimers and I mean she's drawn well To just send hard If somebody else goes then maybe she sits But I think the outside draw for Magnolia's Hope The number 10 I'm going to make a win wager on the Magnolia's Hope I'm going to single her in one of the pick 5 tickets That we play if She's anything around 4-1 to one or so I think you must use her in all of your exotics win wager 10 8 six, two, nine. 10 8 6 two, nine In race number 4 we get to the fifth race made in special weights Calbred's mile on the turf course here The one Scooby, a slow start Took a bit to get going Was three deep at the back of the pack Was six off Made a nice four wide sustained late rally And the stride looked very nice late Now you're going to stretch out You're going to try turf You get Pratt to stick Plenty to like Warren's Candyman, the deuce I love this mare Warren's Vanita, the damn this one was an 8 time winner She was a multiple graded stakes winner She was a grade 1 winner She won 932000 She won on dirt, turf, synthetic And on a wet racetrack She did all of her best work going long In the Lone Sibling Warren Showtime We're going to see in the Oaks on Saturday She's 5 for 11, 4 for 7 on the grass Multiple stakes winner, graded stakes placed Capable first out barn I just think this isn't an, it's this not easy going long first time out. I'll throw her in one or two spots and maybe underneath. Teton Valley's damn one going long on the turf. In her last start she was asked for speed, she he was asked for speed. He broke in and he broke pretty fast and he was on the lead at the top of the uh, before the top of the stretch but he faded. He's going to have to prove he can go long. But he should be Forwardly placed throughout and the grass Shouldn't be a problem for For Teton Valley Ingest takes the blinkers off He flew out of the gate Opened up a uh, length and a half And then was able to slow it down I didn't really like the ride on on him Kind of let Dynamite come right up On the outside and then he was Forced to, to try to battle back He's quick Can take the blinkers off Should be, uh, should be in the mix The The horses I'm kind of heavily interested in here Are Big Fish, Big Talker And Scooby So Big Fish is going to try the grass for the first time He's raced twice Sprinting on the dirt Now he's going to stretch out His damn one on the grass In his last start he moved up from the outside He was four lengths off He just couldn't get to the pace setter and, And the winner that day Good with People who was an easy winner And then you have Big Talker Who's Dan was three for seventeen, won twice on the grass, produced four siblings, all turf winners. They have combined for $1.4 million. There are two that are graded stakes winners. He just didn't fire. It was his debut. It was a slow start. He was dead last. He was seven off. He just he was just never in it. But he's got the blood. He's got the pedigree there to improve. Let's go six, one, nine. Two three. Ray Mysterio fans six one nine. Six one nine two three. So the early pick fives at Del Mar, I'm gonna have a couple different approaches in here. The one that so I'm gonna play one ticket where I single Quinny right off the bat. It's gonna be seven with one, two, three, five, seven, with one, three, four, with two, six, eight, nine, ten, with one, two, three, six, nine. I can single, really use everybody I like in, in races two through five. Play another ticket where I come back and go one seven. With 1, 2, 3, 5, 7 With 3, 4 With 6, 8, 10 With 1, 2, 3, 6, 9 It's the one where you get to use The hor- the horses you like the most In each race You don't even have to have a single in there And then you know maybe one ticket Where you go something like all With 1, 3, 7 With 3, 4 With a single of the 10 With 1, 2, 3, 6, 9 So in the yearly pick 5 The singles I'd be looking at Would be in race number 1 The 7, Quinny. And in race number 4, the number 10 Magnolia's Hope, who I think from the outside Has an opportunity to clear there And, and a horse who I like And sometimes you want to get the separator single too You don't want a, a chalky single that maybe everybody else has Don't forget about Tis Hot and Dusty Make sure to use that one in race number 2 With that good speed from the inside And throw in Calix Man in race number 3 With an opportunity to steal that race in that small field Let's get you to race number 6 here I'm just going to use 2 in, in some of the exotics I'll start with the 7 King Parker Whose last race, it was, he had a fine start He settled 4th on the inside He was about 5 lengths off He looms up 3 deep And he got up to 2nd before You know, getting a little bit tired And he just ends up missing 3rd That's going 6.5 Furlongs Now you're going to cut back to 6 Furlongs And Flava Flav Flavian, uh, Flavian Pratt jumps aboard This horse is going to get bad. Even if he gets bet in half And he's 6-7 to 1 It's fine The 11, I think's the one to beat Fire when ready, who adds the blinkers You look at his last Couple starts So, he raced for 12 2 starts back And It was a good third And then last time out He was 4th on the inside He was tucked in, he was traveling really well But he was in tight, he was behind horses And he against 16 claimers he doesn't finish well. Now he's gonna go third off the bench second time back in the Hess junior barn. he drops, he cuts back, he adds the blinkers. fire win ready looks ready. 7 11 in race number six. We move to the seventh race maiden 20s in here. and let's go to the nine world affairs for the top selection. He hadn't raced between May and July. He came and he dropped in class for the first time to maiden twenties. It was a fine start. He was four deep. He was in the second flight going into the turn. He was three deep in between horses. He was fourth. He was a couple lengths off. He it was grindy, but he just missed second and he outfinished Hudson River Road. And that was his first start in a few months. And that was only his second start since March of 2019. He has the right to just continue to get better. Lightly raced with upside. Street behavior, blinkers coming off Now in the mall hall barn Looks like a major pace factor from the outside Stretching out from 5.5 furlongs to a mile Legit sprint speed there And the 3, Hudson River Park Didn't break well, but he loomed up 4 wide And he was dropping in class That was the first time against Maiden Claimers Now O'Neill claims him Step and uh, brings him right back Stretches back out from 6.5 to a mile Obvious contender so it's 9-10-3 After those I have Kazanski Who broke well, he was 3 deep going into the turn He settled in 2nd He was about a length off He made a 2 path move at the top of the lane and then faltered He could be the quickest Or, or maybe he's sitting 2nd or 3rd If you know street behavior ends up going From the outside But he's going to be forwardly placed in here And the one sharp speaker Who was dead last, he was 10 plus off He came running late, he wasn't far behind Hudson River Park He just has to continue to progress For this barn Whereas Hudson River Park We can kind of project that he will improve a little For uh, O'Neill first off the claim 9 10 3 4 1 I have 9, 10, 3 on that top tier in race number 7 We move to race number 8 In here Won't spend as much time on this race Because I'll I'll be spreading out a little bit But I will go to the 8 Plum Wild There is just not a ton of Of true horses who want to take back and close I think there's three or four of them And Plum Wild feels like she's going to get a great trip Her last start It it wasn't a bad beginning She was a couple lengths off on the inside But then she got caught in between She shuffled back inside She was back to last She ends up moving in between horses But she's in traffic She couldn't end up hitting a hole And there wasn't a ton of passing late It's a better than looks race on paper Plum Wild last time out and you look at this race You've got You know Legs Galore who's got big speed Bob and is going to be close Hottitude's really quick And Liberalism's really quick There's going to be Speed going 5 furlongs you could imagine Plum Wild Could get a great off the pace trip In here using the 8 Plum Wild and all exotics along with the 9 Smiling Annie who. Settled in third but got shuffled back in between horses Lost a few lengths and momentum Angled outside and just missed 2nd She should be right there We'll use the 8-9 everywhere along with the 4 Maybe legs galore Is just the speed of the speed She was so impressive in her turf debut Last time out Don't forget about the 10 Queens, Becca, and Jane What's wrong with the trip that she sat two back When sprinting An easy excuse when she went a mile last time out Going long Maybe just didn't want to go that far Eight, nine, four, ten, and then the six, Hotitude Maybe a wild card here. She's another who is just she can flat fly. And maybe she's just quicker than most in here. So let's use her just in case too in, in some other exotics. It's eight, nine, four, ten, six there in race number eight at Del Mar. As we move to race number nine, the Rancho Bernardo. The two into chocolate has the opportunity To sit a great trip Um, Not too far off the lead in here She's run well at Del Mar before And she's going to go second off the short break So into chocolate we'll use In all exotics I'll take a shot against Gingham from the rail I think she may not get the the most beneficial trip In here So we'll use the two, the five sneaking out Feels like the one to beat Amuse, I like the fact that Mandela Is putting her back in this spot she didn't run well on the grass last time out. It was like a, a head scratcher why she ran so poor. But if she replicates the effort two starts back, she shouldn't be too far out of this race. And I've always been a fan of hers. And then we look at the eight, Unique Factor, who just tried a, a much tougher group against the Grade One uh, Madison Company last time out at Keeneland. Two, five, six, eight in race number nine with Into Chocolate, the top selection there in race number 10. Like the four, Eddie's sister. I'm going to have four one on all exotics and then four one six on a couple others. So Rocky Causeway is the horse to beat. In his last start, he drew post 12. He broke out. He was three deep going into the turn. And then in the second flight, he ended up settling fourth. He was a couple lengths off. He angled out four deep. Good second. Get a better trip, saving ground from the inside. She might have to run down Eddie's sister, who has sprinted twice. And is now going to stretch out She didn't race between November and July So she needed to start last out Her dam was a multiple winner on the grass She's going to go second start off the layoff Stretching out Three turf winning sibs They were a combined 12 for 23 And earned 585000 on the grass She's a half to Sir Cat Sally Multiple graded stakes winner Who was 5 for 6 on the turf Eddie's sister The one to catch in here Roses Crystal who took up at the start, was back to last, was bumped around, was steadied into the turn, and was late on the scene. She could improve with that race under her belt now. And I don't really love anybody else in here. It's four one six, in race number ten. At Del Mar, so a couple looks at a a pick five. We'll we'll just take this one look at the pick five maybe, in race number six. Let's go seven eleven. With 3, 9, 10, with 4, 6, 8, 9, 10, with 2, 5, 6, 8, with 1, 4, 6. Always putting them in order so that way, you know, if I ever have to shorten up, you know, uh, who I would cut and, uh, and, and how I would place them. So Friday at Del Mar, there's your Friday Del Mar card. Let's talk about it as far as a stable duel is concerned. So you hear me talking about stable duel with the daily horse racing contest, and stable duel is back with a big Friday. Games available at Ellis Park for 5 bucks. You can get in the Ellis Park contest At Monmouth Park you can get in a contest for 10 Or at Del Mar You can play in a contest that pays out Only the top 10 players It's a $25 entry Or you can play in just the regular Del Mar Friday contest For a $10 entry Remember this is Building your lineup based on a salary cap You have a $50,000 salary cap And you have to put together A lineup of 10 horses Throughout the card And and horses are based Their prices are based on their morning line So horses who are the big morning line favorites Are going to cost you more You can't pick the favorite in every race One thing you're you're trying to do here is Identify Which races do you feel like These horses are going to get bet down Obviously you're trying to, to pick winners right? You want to finish in the top 5 You want your horses to pick up points But for me when I'm looking at the races Who's going to get bet down Because that's where you get your value If a horse is 6 to 1 on the morning line but they end up going off at 5 to 2 that's nice because you paid for a 6 to 1 shot but you've got a 5 to 1 you've got a 5 to 2 shot that's what you want So let's get to race number 1 I'm okay with paying up in the first cuz I like Quinny at 8500 I would be fine with Miss Flawless at 8000 but I would prefer a Quinny if you don't want to spend up that much early maybe Lexington Grace at 7000 what's nice about this contest is she picks up pieces, so even if she's second or third, that's she does that consistently. And maybe you don't want to spend a whole lot early, and that would be the two clearly gone, who would only cost you 500 bucks. I'm fine with that one. In the second, I'm going to go to the speed of Tis Hot and Dusty at 3,000 from the inside, the three natural history at 7,000, or the seven drip and sauce at 8,500. If I'm spending up, it would be for one of them. In the third, the number 4 Calixman only costs you 750 and in a small field like this with an opportunity to get out front and steal the race this could be the type of race that separates you if you could use Calixman at only 750 and if you want to spend up it would be a big score at 9400 but look at the difference there if we can get away with getting Calixman even just to run second at 750 you give yourself so much more leverage and, and flexibility the rest of the way through in the fourth race, I like Magnolias. Hope to try to go gate to wire from the outside at five thousand. That's the number ten. The eight, Little Miss Ellie. If you want to spend up at eight thousand, get him Tiger at six thousand or Jan Jan Can the two. If you don't feel like spending as much. In the fifth race, I would be fine spending up here with either Big Fish or Scooby, seventy-five hundred or eight thousand for either one of them. Big Talker, if you want to spend less, would only cost you seven fifty. An upside play there. In the sixth race, I'm going to play King Parker the seven mainly because I think with Pratt, this horse is training well. He's cutting back. This isn't the strongest race in the world. I just think he's going to be a much shorter price on the than he was on the morning line. So I'll use the seven everywhere at five hundred only, and Fire When Ready at sixty five hundred. You know, I'll probably I'll probably play one lineup where I I include him here. In the seventh. The number 9, World Affairs I'll spend up there at $8,000 i would prefer World Affairs over Hudson River Park Because World Affairs is going to be sitting closer Maybe you go to Street Behavior The number 10, who would cost you $5,000 you think Street Behavior has a shot to get, get loose up front In the 8th, I'm going to go with the 8, Plum Wild Would only cost you $750 here The 9, Smiling Annie at $6,500 Feels like she's going to get a good trip in this race the number four legs galore at seventy five hundred would be the other one. In the ninth, into chocolate would only cost you three hundred. I, I think she's gonna get a nice trip, not too far out of it. Loom up, she's run well at Del Mar before. The one to beat is sneaking out at ninety four hundred. Amuse at six thousand, but you know there are some question marks with Amuse. And then to close things out, let's go with the speed of Eddie's sister at three thousand. The number four. The number one would be my spend up horse at nine thousand if you if you want to make sure you have a, you feel a little more confident with the with who you're gonna have late. And then Rose's crystal at five thousand, that's the number six. That would be my other look in race number ten on Friday at Del Mar. Friday stable duel Del Mar. You can play at Ellis for five, Monmouth for ten. Delmar for 10 or for 25. If you have any questions about Stable Duel, how to build your lineup, what is Stable Duel, any stuff at all like that, you've checked it out, you couldn't really figure it out, please let me know. I would love to help. One of the sponsors of That's What G Said podcast is Cindy Carava, full-service realtor, and I am here over in Glendora at Coldwell Banker with Cindy Carava. Cindy, how was 2019 for you? Tell us a little bit about what uh, what kind of stuff you were working on.
1: Hi, Gino. Thanks for having me. Uh, 2019 was just really great. Uh, I had a great year uh, selling homes all the way from Altadena, Arcadia, Monrovia, Out to Upland and Ontario just recently. Um, The market has has been uh, really good. Um, We're looking forward to 2020 with an increase in home prices about 5.8% this year opposed to last year where it was a little softer. We saw uh, more like homes averaging about 3.5% in increase in value. Um, It's also looking great for buyers. Uh, The interest rates right now are going to be staying under 4%. So if you're been on the fence about thinking about buying a home
0: And you're all over the internet, social media, websites. Let us know some of the places where we can find you. I know I've seen some reviews on Yelp and on Zillow. Everyone always has positive things to say. Everybody hears me raving about you all the time. But where can uh, everyone else find out information about you or contact?
1: Thank you, Gino. Yeah, I am on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, and, uh, you can contact me on my website, which is www.cindycarrava.com or my email, which is cindyc.realtor at gmail.com. Or feel free to call or text me on my cell phone, which is 626-394-6400.
0: Cindy is awesome. She's one of the kindest and most genuine people I've ever met. I promise you, you will enjoy every minute you interact with her. So thank you very much, Cindy, uh, Appreciate all of your support from That's What G Said podcast.
1: Thank you, Gino. Have a great day, everyone.
0: Let's get you over to Saturday racing and let's get to Saratoga. Going to have four plays throughout the Saratoga Saturday card. Um, again, like I said, I don't, what's nice about the show here is I'm not covering any particular sequence all the time. I'm covering the races as how am I playing the races. When I look at, at Saratoga, Delmar, if it's Woodbine Or wherever I'm looking for the weekend What am I going to play? I don't feel like I have to play every pick 4 Or every pick 5 because that's not real life I know a lot of us always want to play The pick 4's or pick 5's but There's plenty of opportunities Don't feel like you have to play everyone You can sit down If you don't like a sequence Play a horse to win an exact or try Don't feel forced if you only like 2 races in the sequence Don't play a pick 5 Don't play a pick 4 I'm not going to do that on Saturday Because I don't love I don't really love either of the sequences put together I'll, I'll Let's go through the races that I like So let's go to race number 5 um, Get your past performances out Saratoga, we're talking Saratoga Saturday, we are talking about August the 22nd And um 5th race, the number 7 Snow Island, Snows Island First time starter, he's a 2 year old son of Animal Kingdom And the damn Tutapiesi Is... A graded stakes winner going long on the grass. Pops Animal Kingdom could run on anything. This is the barn that's capable with first timers. They just won with a first timer sprinting on the turf at Saratoga, and they were third with a first timer going long on the turf at Saratoga at 30 to 1. This guy is beautifully bred. Throw in Snow's Island in all of your exotics. Now, you don't want him at less than about five to one in a wide open race, but anything around five to one, he feels like a, a nice logical contender in here. Let's move to race number 7 And I'm going to go to the deuce in here Plot the dots So In his last start He tried the turf for the first time He was bumped around at the start He got off the rail, he was in the 2 path He was 4th, a couple lengths off And he was chasing really slow fractions He made an early wide move up to press In the 3 path I didn't really love the ride 4 wide bit at the top of the lane Where the winner saved all the ground yeah, so the second time on the turf, there's a lot more upside. Let's hope we get a little better trip. I think sitting just a couple lengths off of it in here and maybe getting a jump on some of the deeper closers, that's the two. Plot the dots. Anything around four to one will make a win wager. In race number eight, let's go to the number five, Winston's Chance. So. Winston is showing a little more speed in his last couple starts since Carmouche jumped aboard. But he doesn't he's very versatile when you look at his running style throughout his career. And even in his last couple, he's not like he's on the lead or very very fast, he's just nicely sitting off the pace right behind in, in striking range. Because he showed more tactical speed, I think he really fits well in here. He should be able to sit third or fourth He likes Saratoga He likes this trip And he's got enough Positional speed To put himself in a good spot But if they're going a little too quick He can take back Make sure to throw the five Winston's chance Into all of your exotics Make a win wager If he's anything around four to one And then we get to the stakes And I mean honestly On paper Where's the speed? Raging Bull is going to take back and make one run. Casa Creed, more likely a presser. Emmis is going to be you know, coming from off the pace, uh, a little more like tracking the pace. God Stormy is probably going to be really close. And, and that means Holiday is going to be on the lead. And what I like, you've, you heard from the connections, uh, Todd Pletcher was quoted in a DRF article talking about how he asked to take back because there weren't a lot of horses winning on the Saratoga front end on, on the turf course there. And of course you take back And then some like it hot brown ends up going gate to wire They chose to sit off Even though Holiday broke well He tracked in second, he was a couple lengths off He tried to go after the leader He actually loomed up almost on even terms But then some like it hot brown kicked clear I'm expecting they get more aggressive With, with you know The fact they said that They came out and said they're going to get a little more aggressive So Holiday to me Is the one to uh, to catch And the one they'll all have to beat At Saratoga on Saturday. So those are your plays for Saratoga on Saturday. In the fifth race, the number seven, anything around five to one. In the seventh, the number two, plot the dots, anything around four to one. In the eighth race, the number five, Winston's Chance, anything around four to one. And in the ninth race, the number five, Holiday, anything around three to one. That is Saratoga Saturday. Let's go from Saratoga on Saturday to Del Mar on Saturday. And it's Pacific Classic. Saturday at Del Mar, not a big field, but we will get to see Maximum Security making a, another start, and, and we'll see if he's going to be able to pro- keep progressing for the the Baffert barn. He's obviously a polarizing horse with everything that's happened, and I mean, with everything that's going on with gone on with Baffert in the last year too, kind of a polarizing uh, you know marriage now with with Maximum Security and with Baffert. We'll get to that race in just a bit. Let's start in race number one. These are made in specials, two year olds, five and a half furlongs. These are fillies. And the two Princess Noor, the dam was a graded stakes winner on the turf. They paid $1.35 for this one. And she's debuting for Baffert. She looks to have some ability. I like the other Baffert here. I guess you say the other Baffert, Flash Magic, who she could very well go favored. She, her dam, Glinda the Good, was four for eleven. She earned two hundred twenty-six thousand. She was a multiple stakes winner. She was created stakes place. And Glinda has produced three foals to race. One of them was Good Magic. All three of them have been multiple winners. Good Magic is three for nine, two point nine million in earnings. Won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Won the Bluegrass. Was second in the Derby. Won the Haskell. Flash Magic, Pratt jumping aboard. Some quick works over the racetrack A nice strong pedigree And uh, win early pedigree too. precocious good magic Flash magic I prefer And I'm going to play a pick 5 or a single flash magic Right off the bat In race number 2 I would just use 2 and 3 Looks like Square Peggy's got some pace Little Grayson's quick but She can sit, she's pretty versatile And she looks like she's the one to beat Trying to come right back at the same spot Loud loud music Has some pace Wandering patrol Coming off a long layoff Has some speed Can't imagine she's too far out of it Anna Fantastic has some speed Unchain her heart Has some speed I think the race sets up very well for Noor Khan The number 3 If we get anything around 7 to 2 I'll make a win wager there Let's use the 2 and the 3 in our pick 5 And maybe a win wager on Noor Khan Based on price We move to race number 3 And this is the Green Flash 5 Furlong Turf Sprint here. The 7 could end up being a really nice claim for Sadler. Chaos Theory. Who, you know, you could see, he wasn't far out of it against Graded Stakes Company turf sprinting. And he was claimed for 62.5 but now he's stepped up and he's protected in a great spot. He's got a couple really quick works for Sadler including one over this Delmar turf course. And when you see the way ra- the way this race could shape up, you have to imagine Toro says really quick he's going to be flashing some speed. Thanks, Mister Edison's going to be flashing some speed. Mike's Tisnow from the outside is going to go. So, Chaos Theory should get enough pace to run out in here. If he doesn't, it may be because Mike's Tisnow on the outside just cleared the field and flew. I mean, he can fly, but will he be fit enough? He raced in June. And he won, and prior to that He hadn't raced since June of, of 2019 It was almost an it, it was almost an exact year layoff He won the Albany Stakes back to back Will he be ready in a tougher spot Against some legitimate turf sprinters He should get you know, an, an opportunity to clear that field The three Baja Sur Third off the bench He should be pressing He wasn't too far behind Mike's Tiz now with Sparky Veal down on the inside, Bahasser could be in the perfect spot. Sitting just behind if Mike Tiz now falters. But the seven to me is the one to beat. Chaos theory. I'm gonna have seven, eight, three in that order in race number three at Del Mar. We go to another graded stakes race. It is the Tory Pines in race number four. And they'll be traveling a mile in here. You got a couple Bafferts to the outside Who you'd expect to be showing some speed Marininth and then Provocation And I don't really like either one of them They wouldn't be a shock But they would have to improve off of Their recent races I think Secret Keeper Is going to be forwardly placed And probably pretty close to the both Of them early on She broke well, she sat just off The speeds, she was 3 deep and in between And she was best over Monmouth, or Monmouth over Marineth and Provocation. She does have to stretch out in here and face a little bit tougher group, because Secret Keeper is going to have to deal with a nice horse right next door, in Harvest Moon. Who, she got floated wide going into the turn, it was and it was she was back to fifth. She was about four lengths off. She was in the clear, and Pratt just kept her so wide. I mean, he rode her so confident. He just wanted to make sure she didn't get stopped and that she was. In the clear throughout And she crushed She's the horse to beat in here I like Aurelia Garland though I'm going to make the 5 my top selection She comes in from Prairie Meadows And she was 2nd in the Iowa Oaks Behind Flat Out Speed Who came back to win right right out of that race She's 6 for 7 and she's really quick Aurelia Garland Was going a mile in a 16th She was 3 deep, she was in between horses, she was just off She was no match for the winner, she couldn't get by But she did battle back and finish second I love this turn back in distance You see a horse named Four Graces A couple starts back, that's a really nice Really nice 3 year old filly Who's an excellent sprinter Aurelia Garland has not done much wrong In her career like this turn back I don't think at a mile I I think Harvest Moon is is the best horse in this group I could see Secret Keeper getting a nice trip. I could and and I think at this trip distance with this group, Aurelia Garland has a major shot at anything around, you know, 7 to 2. Let's make a win wager on her. Even even shorter like 3 to 1 or so feels fair. The 5th race, I'm going to play one ticket where I just go all. There are a couple horses in here that that I don't know if they want to win. Warpath Lane Way, absolute unit stretching out to a mile. I, I, I we've seen these horses. Frazard, I don't know how much they want to win. Divine Armor is going to try the grass for the first time, so I'm going to play one pick five where I just go all. I'll play another ticket where we end up going four, five, eight, ten, twelve, six. The four camaraderie. I would be surprised if he's close to that high of a price in his U.S. debut. After finishing second in his career debut Over in Ireland He ends up settling fourth Fifth, he's about three lengths off He's in the two path He makes a three wide early bid But the winner had already snuck away up front And he was not bad that day in a big field It was his first start since January Every right to step forward Second time for Sadler Make sure camaraderie is on your tickets So the early pick five At Del Mar for Saturday Single the seven with two, three, with three, seven, eight, with two, three, five, with all. Play another ticket where I come back and go one, two, six, seven, with two, three, with seven, eight, with two, three, five, with four, five, six, eight, ten, twelve. Make sure to use the seven flash magic in the first. In the second race, I'll just be using two and three, Nur Khan and Little Grayson. In the third race, don't forget about the seven, Chaos Theory. Anything around five to two is fair. And in the fourth, the five, Aurelia Garland. If we can get around three to one or so, that feels fair. We move to the later part of the Del Mar Saturday card. Let's get you to the sixth race. I'm not going to talk a whole lot about it. If you're playing like a pick six or something, I would just single Fratelli, who feels like this is the win spot for them. They claimed for 20, took a shot against. A better a couple different times Now you're back in for 16 You're dropping in class um, I just think Fratelli is set up nicely For a, a victory But you're probably not going to get a great price Maybe more of an exotics horse to, to single Probably not going to get a great price On the winner in the 7th race It does look like United is the one to beat on paper In the Delamar handicap So In late exotics this does start your late pick 5 Yeah, I'll play one where I just single United who is to me the, the no doubt class of this field I will throw a combatant in on One ticket at just a total wild card We'll also include Proud Pedro who's in nice form Has won two of the last three And we'll flap in a, a Originaire on another ticket so it'll be One singled and then one three six And ten on another In race number Eight at Del Mar We're gonna go to the number four Take the 101 There's just not a ton of speed in here there's a lot of pressers A lot of horses who are going to be just off the pace But they don't really want to be on the lead And take the 101 Is going to get away from Galilean And we know what he's going to do He There's lots of those pressers But he they could end up taking back a little bit He sneaks away He had a solid win against Open Company 3 starts back He likes Del Mar Take the 101 Trying to steal this race up front The number 5 El Tigre Terrible He had a legitimate trouble in the Oceanside a couple starts back And then other than that what has he done wrong Not a whole lot He's upcoming 3 year old Is a little, little low on uh, Numbers and figures but he likes Del Mar He should have no problem Stretching out to a mile He was visually extremely impressive In his last start The number 3 Potanico Probably the measuring stick horse And the one to beat in here He should be sitting close throughout And they'll have to get by him And then the number 6 Would be the other one If you want to go a little deeper I mean extra hopes, Extra hope is very logical, obvious It's just he hasn't raced since November Is he going to be his best off the bench He is You know multiple graded stakes placed And He's hard to leave out you you just might be able to beat him here he could be a little short in this spot 4536 we'll make the 4 take the 101 our top selection in race number 9 it is the Delamar Oaks i think this is a race to spread out a little bit let's talk about some of the horses we will include i mean what's wrong with carpe venum from the rail she saved all the ground on the inside she waited she angled out she got a nice opening and she won why can't she get that same trip again in here I think you have to use her The 3 Miss Extra Total Wild Card Horse You know you have a couple of these uh, these imports That I will be including This one comes into the Mandela Barn I went and watched her last couple races So um, you, you're watching the races from Chantilly Where in June She was Sitting 5th, 6th, about 5 lengths off She was too deep but she was covered up She had a big kick down the center of the racetrack To get up and win that day and then last time out she was bumped around She was in traffic early, she was mid-pack She got hooked 3-4 wide There wasn't a ton of passing going on It might have. She might have been in a tad too tough But she was against the race shape that day And the race has come back live Fancy Blue has come out of it to win So I think Miss Extra is on the tickets Warren Showtime Ultra consistent, don't have to sell you on her at all She just shows up and runs a good race Each and every time Red Lark She didn't get room until it was too late And she ran well If You know Aqua C form shame Trickle in They could be showing some speed in here We could see speed from parkour And Laura's light That means maybe four of them hook up And Red Lark Could get a great great trip Do not leave her off your ticket She is just as good as some of these others in here She just needs the trip we got uh, Niji Blanchet Coming in another one From uh, from France This is a group 3 winner last time out Who was taken back Was 4th of 5, was traveling really well 3-4 lengths off, it was a nice win And she can run all day She's won in a mile and, a th- and mile and 3 eighths. She's got a couple wins going a mile and a quarter On the synthetic Pratt jumps aboard, you have to take that as a, a major positive And Then you get Parkour who looks like Speed Laura's light is so honest. She's the type of horse who I always try to beat because she's a short price. You think there's other speed in the race. And then she ends up sitting right behind and working out a great trip. She's tough for me to play against because I've tried to do it a few times and she's beat me. So I'm not going to let her beat me again in here. In a a race where I don't have a, a massively strong opinion, I will end up spreading out a little bit. And it'll be... Combinations of 1, 3, 8, 7, 10, 4 In that order It is the Pacific Classic in race number 10 And it's it's sad that we only have a, a small group in here Just a, a group of 6 And Maximum Security, Higher Power, and Midcourt All faced off in the San Diego And they're going to be back uh, They were 1, 2, 3 in that race They'll be your top 3 major contenders in here again This all comes down to where do you stand on Maximum Security the horse who Won, crossed the wire first In the Kentucky Derby, was disqualified Who won the Haskell Cigar Mile Won it in Saudi Arabia And then we find out that His owner has been Or his trainer, had not owner Trainer, former trainer Had been Drugging a bunch of his horses So we never know How good is maximum security Was he a horse who had been benefiting from, you know, performance-enhancing drugs? And is he legitimately a good horse? Well, we see him come over to Baffert, and then it's interesting because Baffert's had his issues all throughout the year too, right? So you go from a barn that has said they were pumping stuff into these horses to a, a barn who's had a few hiccups throughout the year, but maximum security still showed up and ran pretty well. It was just a weird trip. He broke right on top. And midcourt didn't, run, didn't break well And so midcourt ends up going to the lead And higher power shows a little bit of, of speed And what ends up happening is maximum security gets shuffled back And has to kind of shuffle back, come on, come around again And, and get up and get by And he, he just does that, you know. I guess based on his class and based on his determination The way this race shapes up on paper in a small field though so Midcourt didn't break well And then he, after a step slow He ends up gunning it and getting over to the lead From the rail He's going to have to break well And Victor Espinoza has said he's kind of a, a Little bit of a head case, he does whatever he wants But I'm still expecting midcourt to break And be right there from the inside Then I think maximum security He's going to be you know, Either on the lead or right there battling With midcourt Higher power isn't going to be up as close Which will benefit him He tried to sit a little bit closer And and just not let them sneak away from him Last time out But that's not really what he wants I think he's a little bit better When he can kind of relax He's not as quick as those other two He's going to be better if he can just take back Relax and sit off of them And He was your Romping winner of the Pacific Classic Where he just got a perfect you know, That kind of a trip He'll be farther back But I think that will really benefit him more Maybe three or four lengths back here No issue with a mile and a quarter He's run really well Going this far And that's where he may be able To even things out with this group It's going to come down To midcourt and Dark Vader They have to put the pressure on maximum security And then higher power gets the trip What do you do with Sharp Samurai Who's a total wild card If this was a mile and an eighth on the dirt I would like him a little more. Mile and a quarter concerns me. He's got ability. And and if Dark Vader, maximum security, mid-quarter going. And let's say maybe higher power ends up sitting a little too close. And Sharp Samurai is just behind them all and passes them all. I'm going to flop him in on one ticket just in case that happens. But in the way that the I'll approach the late pick fives. I'll play one where I single high, higher power. And I'll play one where I'm just using... 2, 5, and 6 I I'm. I think I'm against midcourt I just don't know if he's going to be able to win Going a mile and a quarter With maximum security breathing down his neck So it'll be 2, 5, and 6 For me in the Pacific Classic To close things out In race number 11 at Del Mar Final race of the uh, the Saturday card I'm going to go to the 5 um, And that is Salvatore Mundy To me 4, 5 are sort of on a, a tier Above everyone else Salvatore Mundy had a brutal Trip he was tucked inside he was Fourth he was three lengths off he was waiting He had nowhere to go he was backed Up into he got shuffled he tried To angle to the outside then he tried to Angle back inside then he tried to go in Between horses he had to alter Again co- uh, again alter course Late he was really unlucky And he only was beaten half length that day Now it's third start off the long Layoff he should be set for his Absolute bets he's going to take one Small step forward and he should be Right there His rival right next door, Shadow Sphinx Is no slouch though He just sat close up, right off the lead That was off of a long layoff He hadn't run from January of 2019 to June of 2020 And he just sat right there And looked loaded, looked a winner All the way around the track So it's 5-4 on a top tier In the 11th for me We'll also include the 6 Colossi So He was off From December to June In June, he didn't run that well He needed the race, he got in some trouble He was wide, just put a line right through it It was like a fitness type race Then he comes back on July the 24th He takes a good step forward One more Small step forward, he's right there With these top contenders Look back to last year, he's got a race Where he's just beaten by United That race sort of jumps off the page And then the 12 Would be the other one for me um, to include in here Knee deep in snow Blinkers off Just a total wild card Could this one get aggressive from the outside And try to steal this race We use five, four, six, and 12 In race number 11 To close things out So let's talk about the late pick 5 A couple different approaches to this late pick 5 Some must use horses in the sequence In the 8th race the 4 take the 101 Anything around 5-1 to one will make a win wager And in the 11th race the number 5 Salvatore Mundy, is a must use You can play one big ticket Where you single with United In the 7th and you go something like 1 with 3-4-5-6 With 1-3-4-7-8-10 With 2-5-6 With 4-5-6-12 And then I'd come back and play another ticket Where I, I used a, a few others Along with United to start And I would single higher power there so I would go one, three, six, ten with three, four, five, six with one, three, four, seven, eight, ten with two with four, five, six, twelve. Maybe you don't want a single higher power. Maybe you would rather single in the back end with Salvador Mundi. That's fine. You can do that. Or if you just want to play a much smaller ticket, you don't feel like spending a whole ton. Why don't you single United to start three, four, five, six with one, three, seven, eight. You can use higher power and maximum security two five and then four five to end. Much sh- shorter, much more affordable ticket, but feels still hittable. Where you might be able to get through a couple of these races with United, maybe only going too deep in the the Pacific Classic, and maybe keying in on a strong opinion in the last. Good luck. This is probably one of the longer uh, uh podcasts I've had in a while where I just sat and talked racing, which I kind of miss. It's fun to just. Sit down and go through almost every horse and every race All the trip notes um, Go through the chart work and everything So hopefully we led you to uh, some winners this weekend Whether it was at Del Mar on Friday Saratoga Friday Del Mar Saturday Saratoga Saturday We now close things out With a preview of SummerSlam It's a big weekend in the world of wrestling Saturday night we're going to have NXT TakeOver And then Sunday night it will be SummerSlam So, Darren Zocali joins me to preview the SummerSlam card, the new Thunderdome concept for the WWE, which matches are we pumped for, we predict what's going to happen, and maybe what to look forward to because there's another pay-per-view just a week after. So, full SummerSlam preview with Darren Zocali for this Sunday's WWE pay-per-view. Kick back and enjoy. A big week in the world of wrestling But like everything in 2020 It's going to be a little bit different this year It is the week of SummerSlam And joining me to preview this uh, this weekend's big event Is our friend Darren Zocali So DC, I mean, I, th- I think like most uh, Normally, well, at this point of the year We probably have one or two um, Celebrity involvements We probably have one or two Old veterans returning for SummerSlam But it's a little bit different this year Because you know They've been dealing with um, A a smaller hand than normal With you know folks leaving in and out For all the COVID stuff They've been based out of the Performance Center In Florida which we we know is going to change This week so again Um it's, it's mixed feelings, I think, with a lot of these things that we see Because, like I, I'm sure you, you love to turn on and watch the Yankees I love to be able to watch the Dodgers But it is a little bit of a bummer when you see the stadiums empty and no fans
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm thankful for what we have But at the mm-hmm. same time, I mean, when SummerSlam is at the Barclays Center I, I went to it with uh, with Amanda three years in a row it, You know We always look forward to it And uh, I, I'm, I am curious to see what they're going to be doing With this whole Thunderdome mm-hmm. thing the Berks- Yeah, it's fans. intriguing yeah, it's something else, you know. I mean, so I—it's I, an added element. But we're going to do a little SummerSlam party. I'm going to put up the big screen in the yard. We're nice. going to have uh, some friends over. They're going to come over with some kids and stuff. So uh, we'll barbecue and everything like that. So we'll—we'll we'll have a good time watching it in the backyard.
0: Yeah, you'll make the best of it, absolutely. So what? Um... Yeah, when we look at this show And before we even get into it, you're talking about The Thunderdome, so that's what what we've been Hearing about for the last week or so And you know what, for as much Over the last five years To a de- ten years As much crap as we as fans give WWE about, you know Storylines starting and stopping Maybe not following through Maybe, you know, forcing Certain things down our you know our Throats over and over The one thing they've always done from the very, very beginning of this company They have been excellent With producing things Production value, the way they put their videos The way they put packages together The way they show things e- They Even the way they produce TV A lot of the time, they've been sort of ahead And, and a little bit cutting edge This is something that I honestly don't know how big a deal it's going to be Is it just going to be like what we see in the other sports Where they have some of the virtual fans But I'm intrigued And this is something where I sort of I put my faith in WWF And I trust them Because they've always done really well in this department
2: Yeah, I I agree Um, You know, I mean, Kevin Dunn uh, Who produces uh, You know, he has some moments that make you cringe But he also, you know, is responsible for a lot of the good things that they do from a production standpoint. Um, you know, he talked about the fact that it's going to kind of resemble the NBA virtual fan experience, but they're not going to be using these flat board facing cameras that he said that there's going to be rows and rows of fans with enhanced chants and cheering. So, you know, that that's cool. It's going to have a state of the art set. They're talking about having pyro and, you know, lasers and, and cool graphics. And they even talked about having drone cameras and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, okay, cool. You know, I mean, uh, it's something different. Uh, they're doing some stuff outside of the box, which is something you need right now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, we do get on them for a lot of stuff and a lot of the things that they do. But, you know, I try to give them a break now dealing with what they're dealing with. Um, there's a lot of difficult decisions that are going to be criticized and scrutinized. But when they come up with something that's different, uh, I want it to succeed. And I'll certainly be, be watching, uh, you know, with the with anticipation and hope that that you know this entire Thunderdome thing comes together nicely for them.
0: So what's going to be a little bit different about this particular show, this SummerSlam that's coming up on on Sunday is that they're actually they've actually already scheduled another pay-per-view for next Sunday yeah. following yeah. immediately for for payback. So they they you, you're we're imagining that there's probably going to be a lot of um, rematches or a lot of storylines that maybe don't finish at SummerSlam, which is also kind of unique because we generally think of WrestleMania, SummerSlam as kind of the big events where maybe all the the, the storylines kind of culminate and come to a, come to an end. But it's a different it's a different time because TV is starting to become important for them. I think they their ratings are starting to really slip, and at this point of the year, with baseball back, with the NBA playoffs back, with all these political conventions going on, and football around the corner. I think they're going to continue to try to keep some things on on TV like what they're doing this week. We've got a Jeff Hardy versus AJ Styles Intercontinental title match and it seems like there are maybe a few feuds from SmackDown that we might get added late or maybe we don't even maybe they save them for for payback for next week. We don't really have anything on paper with Riddle or Corbin. We don't really have anything on paper with um you know with Sheamus, Miz and Morrison and Otis and Tucker we could see some of their involvement so it, yeah, it's, it's going to be a little unique The way they're 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 putting the SummerSlam and then the payback Pay-per-view right afterwards
2: Yeah, I, I, I always forget that Otis has the money in the bank briefcase too like That, like that yeah. story is like A complete non-entity right now Yeah, I mean, you would think They have to have something in mind But there's one of two things you could be thinking Number one, they're just trying This week apart pay-per-view thing at, To see how it goes Or they have some kind of like a Big angle coming out of SummerSlam that they want to get that they think is going to be hot that they want to get like you know they want it to come back right after you know a week later you know there's the stuff with retribution there's been Mm -hmm. rumors about you know a big name guy who's a former champion coming back you know they got the raw underground stuff going on who knows if that's going to have
0: any sort of impact in the next few weeks to you know either these pay per views so yeah I mean it at the at the very least. There's some things that are intriguing That we're curious about That we're kind of yeah. looking into yeah. And you know when, when wrestling gets a little boring And a little bland in some of the, the months Before they're able to build up to the big shows That's that's a complaint At least right now with with I have some questions and I have some intrigue To at least 3 or 4 of these matches And some of the other stuff like you mentioned The Retribution stuff And, and who knows what the Raw Underground So They've they've now announced we're gonna have a two hour kickoff show which I always think is sort of weird you know In, yeah. unless they're gonna put a couple matches on the kickoff show even when they do an hour seems totally fine and then give me like two ten minute matches you can give me a forty minute preview give me a couple ten minute matches that are fine one at the beginning one at the end to to kind of get everything flowing. But uh, nonetheless, two hour kickoff show that'll probably be just something I have rolling on in the background on, on Sunday uh, as uh, I I, can, I start to get the drinks and start to get flowing. let's let's get to let's get to the card. So yeah, we mentioned th- there could be, you know, some of the matches that aren't listed in this eight match card, things that we may see on on Sunday or we may not. AJ Jeff, Riddle Corbin. Um, Lashley, Shelton, Ricochet, Cedric They don't have anything Maybe I could see some semblance of a tag With those four on the kickoff Nia, Shayna, the Iconics Ruby, Liv, Sheamus, Miz Morrison Otis Tucker, maybe look for some of them Either Friday or uh, or to have a late match made But we do start with The Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza You know I like all of these performers For the most part And I think they've done they the street profits came in and instantly were sort of in the tag team title range. They had that weird stuff going on with the Viking Raiders, and they're entertaining. I just, it still feels like it's not quite connected with with them. I do like Zelina Vega. I like what she does, but again, I don't think like, I like all of these performers. It just still feels a little bit missing. Like maybe everyone hasn't quite been elevated into their right spots. And I mean, we know with WWF. WWE they get very hot and cold With their tag divisions Sometimes it's they yeah. get really into the tag And they're going to push them And right now it seems like this is just kind of like who, who do we have that's left that we can kind of throw in the tag division
2: Yeah you know, you're know, you right And there's been like you know teams that have just been Thrown together to get matches You know like you know Ricochet and Cedric Alexander And stuff like that um, Yeah the tag division right now Is is far from ideal I mean the, the street profits are entertaining I <laughs> like them I think they're, they're fine in the ring. They're good. Uh, you know, the red solo cup stuff is fun. And, you know, the whole thing with the poisoning of the drink is, you know, okay. You know, it's fun. Um, yeah, but as far as the match, I mean, look, from a, from a standpoint of, like, athletic ability on paper, the Street Profits, Andrade and Angel Garza, probably going to be a very good wrestling mm-hmm. match. Yep. Um, I don't know if I'm totally bought into the storyline, and we'll see how I feel when the match is going on. But from a sheer wrestling standpoint, uh, I think it'll be entertaining from, from when you look at it that way. Um, in terms of who wins, I guess the Street Profits probably retain. But, you know, with, with Selena, and with with the weird storyline and the poisoning, you know, who knows? I mean, something wild could certainly happen with everything they're doing there. But uh, I, I actually think it'll be a fun match.
0: Yeah, I agree that. This will be one of those like once it, once the bell flips, we'll probably forget a little bit about the storyline, just being eh. Cause you, as you mentioned, these guys can go. You know, there's going to be a couple great spots in here. There's always a good Montez Ford spot in one of his matches. So, yeah, I, I like these guys, and we'll probably get a good 10, 12 minutes with them in the ring. Let's go next to this one is, is a little strange to me. Um, Apollo Cruz versus MVP. Now, I like at MVP, the association of MVP, Lashley. And and Shelton Benjamin with the hurt business, I actually think they're putting them together is very good because the three of them apart, and in particular Lashley not being with them, he just gets lost in the mix. He he, he just you, you kind of forget about him and how good and big yeah. and dominant he is. What's weird is that you know we're recording this on Thursday, Darren like on Monday night. Apollo had a clean pin over MVP right in the middle of the ring in an elimination match. And then Lashley eliminates Apollo. It just feels like the match that they're building to and that they've been building to all along is really Apollo versus Lashley, because Lashley's the the big monster. So this would this just kind of feels like it's a little more filling, maybe to payback next week, maybe just to kind of further their storyline. Cause I feel like the match that we're all sort of looking for and circled is Lashley Apollo.
2: I, I totally agree. I was thinking the same thing. Uh, I, I figured I, I know Lashley like is not supposed to be at ringside because of the 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 win that uh, that Apollo had uh, mm-hmm. over Shelton. But my feeling is something's probably still going to happen. I viewed this as one of the ones that could get right back yep. around, like uh, you know, Cruz wins and, and he faces Lashley next week. Um, I could definitely see that happening. I like MVP to be honest with you. I think he's done a mm-hmm. good job coming back. Uh, always liked him on the mic. He's an entertaining guy. Uh, I like what they've done with this hurt business. I think that the three of them play off each other very well. Um, you know, when he came back, I was kind of cold on it because it's been so long since, since we've seen him. But I actually think he's done a good job. I agree. Um, yeah, it's this has been a little bit kind of lackluster at times mm-hmm. because the story is kind of weaved in and out. Okay, well, where is this? You know. Like you said, it feels like the main rivalry should be Cruz and Lashley, and I think we're probably going to get there at some point and probably in the not-too-distant future. But uh, I-, I like Cruz as a worker, and-, and I've enjoyed MVP since coming back, so uh, I-, I think this will be fine.
0: Yeah, and there's, this, there's the weird stuff going on with, with Ricochet and Cedric. Like, if it may, if one of those guys turned, it wouldn't be surprising. It, or maybe they show up and they help um, MVP win the match or or in, uh, for a DQ. Something I could see... Some sort of a schmoz, like you said This one feels weird to have this match back again Where it it feels like in the last few weeks Apollo's kind of gotten the better of MVP clean So something schmozzy is going to happen and, and and have this build for for next week um, We get to Mandy Rose versus Sonia Deville And we give the hair versus hair match And we just got to mention When we talk about Sonya Deville How about that scary story earlier this week, Darren Where yeah. there was a a a fan, a crazy fan Who was, like, trying to kidnap Sonya Deville and was found like, In her house, in her home Just just really
2: terrifying Yeah, I mean The fact that he was able to get into her house And stuff, I mean That is some just crazy spooky stuff I'm just glad that she's okay um, But, yeah, I mean, the fact that that Goes on and you, We have to realize, you know, these guys You know, they're entertainers and they're in the spotlight And you know uh, you know whenever we see them in person we want high fives and stuff like that but you never really see the other side of it you know where you can understand why yeah <laughs> why they could be a little bit apprehensive because you know this stuff does go on and it, it's a scary reminder when a story like this pops up i'm just glad that she wasn't there when the guy showed up and that they were able to arrest him and that sonya's okay but yeah this was scary
0: cuz yeah you know finger Fingers crossed everything's going okay Because right now, this is the biggest Push and the biggest run of Sonia's career And I gotta admit, she has I've been very impressed with, with when she's given time On the mic, I think she does a pretty good job She's actually come off very real To me, and we know that she's a, a real Badass behind the scenes, she's an actual Legitimate fighter, so she, I think this stuff with Mandy, it's kind of drawn on for a while and it's, it can get a little silly sometimes. But hey, when, when man and the Miz and, and Morrison doing the, the hair stuff a few weeks ago was just roll your eye. It's like one of those comedy segments where when we're watching, you just don't want your wife or your friends to walk in and see it. You know, you're like holding the remote, like, I hope nobody sees me watching this. Um, but, but the way that Mandy came back. With a, a nice fire last week, these two—they have good chemistry. They're good friends backstage. I think they'll get a. I think Sonia will get a good few minutes out of Mandy here, and it, I think at least there'll be some intensity. And I'm not, I'm not I'm not like going to just skip right past this. I'm actually sort of intrigued by this match.
2: Uh, I like the story. I think mm-hmm. they've done a great job with yeah. it uh, because if you if you follow. Uh, you know Sonia on social media, or if, if you're a heterosexual male, you definitely follow Mandy on Instagram. Uh, but you know, prior to this starting, Mandy's Instagram account was always like loaded with her and Sonia. Uh, they did everything together in in real in the real world, uh, and when this started, that all like stopped. So when you when you factor that in, and you see like you know what Sonya is saying. You know, I, I'm sure that this is all storyline, but you you can really relate to the story because here is this kind of sporty, really athletic female wrestler who is extremely jealous of her blonde bombshell, gorgeous ex-friend Mandy, thinking I'm the better wrestler, I'm the better athlete, I'm the better performer. I can't stand you in the fact that everybody is just, you know, absolutely head over heels obsessed with you. Uh, it's a good story. It works. I think the two of them have done a great job with it. Uh, they've, they've played off each other very well. In terms of the result, I have a hard time believing that Mandy Rose is going to have her head shaved. Um, I know. Right? I, I can't see that happening. No. The crazier things, I guess, have happened. But that would be really surprising to me. Um, <laughs> well, I, I but, yeah. It I, I, mean, I just can't see, see it. I cannot can't see it. I can't see it happening either. But I mean, look, it's been a really good story. It uh, has. If, this, if this is the blow-off, I would say that the two of them have done a really good job.
0: It. I agree. I would love to see the. Here's what I, I I think that Mandy is still a cut below. You know the the title. And Sonia might be, but, but with no Charlotte, with no Becky right now, I like ba- Bailey. I love what Bailey and Sasha have been doing. I think they've been doing a great job. I love Asuka. We've been getting a lot of them in that title picture for a while. A little new blood, one of these two Injected, whether, either one of them Even if it's Sonya, you know, even if it's Sonya with Asuka Or whatever it is, I think would just help Freshen things up a little bit So maybe whoever wins this can get sort of elevated And at least give them a a shot at a a, a Match or a a pay-per-view for a month Sort of storyline Because we're going to get to the the women's matches Next, And, and I will say The very beginning when Bayley was heel I didn't like it at all I did not like it, I thought this is stupid Bailey is the one of the best baby faces you'll ever have How could you ruin her as a baby face and you turn her heel I will say when Sasha and her teamed up they started to find some things because we know how good of friends they are we know the chemistry they have and Bailey was able to kind of just sort of play heel wrestler like she would have seen growing up and she started to do it pretty well she's doing a lot of small things that I like we could tell how much WWF, WWE is uh, we, uh, watching so much of the old stuff I'm getting the WWFs in there now, now As we yeah. watch so many uh, Summer Slams And uh, and Survivor Series from the olden days But they, I like all of this it, The only th- problem I have is that We feel like we've been waiting for this Bailey sasha blow-off match for years now I mean years, they really haven't had a match Feud since they've come up from NXT And they had that incredible Brooklyn match at NXT that everybody Talked about as one of the greatest women's matches ever We sort of assumed they would go right into it But they've been playing off of each other Very well, it's, I think we're all Just waiting, like any of these weeks It could be the week where they lose Maybe all of their titles, and and It could start right here, very easily Could see Sasha winning both of them You could see Sasha winning one here And maybe one that Payback, or Oscar winning one here And maybe one the next week I could see them You know Losing the tag belts The next week with, with them having three titles I really could see Anything happening Over the next week And a half to two weeks
2: So In the old days When storylines Were built up For months And months And months Where they started To like drop hints at things that were Going to be happening Especially going into WrestleMania season I would say That what I would expect is that one of them is going to lose on Sunday and there's going to be some blame on the other one for the loss. And they're going to start to plant the seeds for the blow off the at WrestleMania. But we don't really see seven, eight month storylines anymore. Now they could do it. It's possible. Um, and to be honest with you, that would pro- probably be the smart way to go about this. Mm-hmm. So- to have one of them get beat for some silly reason. Maybe like the, other, because the other one's fault. Yes. Yes. Trying to help where, each other.
0: And you know, yeah, where it
2: doesn't just totally flip on its ear, but they start to plant the seeds for the blow. Uh, and the blow off would come at, at WrestleMania. That would be my guess. Uh, I think that, that Bailey has certainly improved her heel character. As, as you said, Sasha's a great heel, in my opinion. Um, I do think that there's, there's so much talent in the women's division that to have all the belts on two girls kind of rubs me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I don't know how long you can get away with that, but I, I think the stories worked well. The two of them worked very well together. You would think it's going to be leading towards Sasha versus Bailey in a significant spot probably at WrestleMania. Um, I mean, look – I'm not a WWE writer. If I were doing this, I would plant the seeds here. The other one holds onto their belt. One eliminates the other during the Women's Royal Rumble match, and that's the thing that really sends it into a tailspin. I mean, that's probably what I would do here. We'll see what happens. I'm curious. There's a lot of different ways that they could go. And, hey, you know, Sasha versus Asuka, Bailey versus Asuka, yes, please on both of those. They should be two very good matches.
0: I completely agree. I, I like – I'm into the women stuff I think this has been The women They've done a really good job With the women During this pandemic era And the next couple matches We're going to start to talk about I I think they've done A pretty good job In the pandemic era also Let's get to uh, Strowman versus The Fiend first And then I think The two matches That have sort of been Built the most We'll talk about um, At the end So we got Braun Strowman versus The Fiend And now What we have Is we've got this Strowman Express Version of Braun Strowman Who is Sort of a heel Um, He's He's not Being receptive to Alexa Bliss Who seemed to get abducted By the Fiend He doesn't really care about her Seems like his uh, interaction with the Fiend at the Swamp And Bray Wyatt have turned him into this monster And I like Braun I like Bray, I like the Fiend I actually think their match that they had A couple months back the, The work in the ring Up until the stuff at the end where Braun put the mask on Was actually very good And then even the stuff at the end when Braun put the mask on was fine, you could see the psychological stuff They were going for I think these two guys have chemistry Is is this the time For uh, for Bray the Fiend To win the title
2: back here If it is It's it's probably because WWE know, Knows Roman is coming back mm-hmm. uh, I think that's a big part Of what's going on, to be honest with you I think that uh, You know, Roman versus The Fiend is going to be a big match at some point in the very near future uh, when Roman does come back. And I think Stroman is really just kind of holding the belt to get to that point. Uh, so I'm not exactly sure when that's going to happen, but this, the whole Strowman angle, honestly, for me, it feels a little forced. I agree. It's not, I, it's not the Braun Strowman that we saw Two three years ago, who was just a one man wrecking crew who didn't give a shit, just beat the hell out of everybody and flip stuff over. That's the best version of Strowman that, that they have. This is kind of a little too cartoonish, forced bad guy character. Like like he's trying to play like like he's becoming this crazy psycho at times, but he could be a crazy psycho. Just by doing what he used to do 2-3 years ago too Without much. all this extracurricular stuff It's just overdoing so, it I agree yeah, I feel like it's a little overdone um, I'm curious to see what they do I'm curious to see how the match ends uh, I always like seeing The Fiend um, I still think That they've screwed up a lot of the stuff With him ever since he got beat By Goldberg It's kind of for me Just really flattened the whole thing mm-hmm. But uh You know, this could be interesting. Um, I I would really, I think Roman versus The Fiend in a big spot could be very good at some point. I think that's a match that they absolutely want to have. Maybe this gets us there, but yeah, the Braun Strowman stuff has been a little bit forced in my opinion.
0: And then there's one person um, who's also not on this show that they've been starting to tease a build and it seems like it's a long build, but I wonder what the plans are down the line for Big E. Because it feels yeah. like the first time they're talking about Big E as a singles competitor, he's getting to cut promos where he's a little more serious. He can have he goes from funny to serious back and forth. He was calling out the charge against the, the what retribution in the locker room. So it, he feels like maybe he's the leader of some Survivor Series team or like, some. There's it feels like there's a big something coming for Big E at some point. I don't know if it's the title, but he. He is getting built up on the SmackDown side As maybe at least An IC challenger to AJ Or maybe even even further up This is hopefully Big E's time He's de- I think he deserves it He has been awesome in his role with the New Day But, you know, Kofi got the moment to shine This feels like it should be Big E's chance Maybe it's Rumble, maybe it's Mania Where he has a big match But I'm hoping they do something with him A few months down the line
2: I, I see the same thing I think the writing is on the wall there uh, the, the push has definitely begun. Um, you know, the fans like him. Uh, he's a great worker. Uh, you know, as our buddy, Andrew would say, he's a big guy that can move. Uh, so, <laughs> yep. uh you know, you got to get that plug in. Got it. He'll so, love it. I agree, I agree with you. Uh, I do think that there is something big coming up for him. I don't know if it's going to be the universal title. Um, it could be an icy title run, but I look, I think he's worthy of a main event run. I hope he gets it. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that they could do here, um, so I, I am curious to see how that plays out, and I'm curious to see what the fallout is from this Strowman versus Fiend match. And
0: you mentioned earlier too something that WWE does a good job of this. They've sort of made us forget about Otis with that with yeah. that briefcase. This I don't know if it's right now, but when you forget and you haven't seen him running out there with a briefcase a few times, that generally means they're thinking of something. They're trying to yep. to to throw you in a different direction. So, on a show that on paper doesn't seem to maybe have a bunch of big splashes, this could be one to come out of the show to get people talking and then build immediately to another match the next week, whether it be a triple threat, whether it be Otis Fiend, Otis Braun, whatever it was going to be. It just Otis into this feud with the Fiend. I don't know. I couldn't really see it that much. I could maybe yeah. see Otis versus Braun. If, if Braun's turned into this bad guy now may, Maybe I could see that But but that was a good point of yours Because I felt the same way I kind of forgot about Otis with, with the, the briefcase And that's when they, they come in And they hit you right in the face with it So don't forget yeah. Ot- Otis has got that And maybe keep an eye out during this Fiend-Braun match
2: Yeah, which, I mean It's hard to imagine that he's cashing in on the Fiend Like it just doesn't sit right mm-hmm. uh, So I, I, See, that when he won money in the bank and I and I saw what the main event picture looked like, and I'm sitting there and I'm saying, "Well, how is this gonna work? Like, how are you yeah. working Otis in with these guys? Like, it just like it just doesn't make sense." But look, I mean, my take on on SummerSlam coming up as a whole, and maybe this includes, I, I could see a lot of chaos. I could see, mm-hmm. I could see a lot of title changes here. I mean, yeah. I personally, I think the Fiend is winning. I think Orton is winning. I wouldn't be shocked if Oscar wins one, if not both. I mean, completely agree. They might, they might flip a lot of belts here. The tag titles can definitely flip. I mean, they 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 might flip a lot of belts here, and I wouldn't be surprised if all hell breaks loose. And maybe somehow the chaos of it all is how you get Otis into it. But I I don't know. Right now, they might have their backs up to the, up against the wall with him, with the fact that he's carrying that briefcase because I don't know what they're gonna do with it.
0: Trying to shoehorn him into uh, a main event storyline, yeah, I, I agree. So the two the two matches that have been built the most. Um, uh, or first, we'll talk Dominic Mysterio with Ray versus Seth Rollins with Murphy. Um, I love Seth. I do. I think over the last five to ten years, he's been one of the better, best performers, and probably the most consistent performer in all of of WWF. He's done a pretty good job as a face. I think he's done a better job as a heel. This Messiah run. I haven't really loved what they've given him to work with. He's still done some good stuff in the ring, but where they got, you know, where they got a little crazy was the eye for the eye match. They've done it now twice, where Rey Mysterio had his eye uh, t- taken out, and now, um, and then Buddy Murphy did it to Alistair Black. too. if you just remove the whole taking the eye out of the socket thing from the storyline, I would really enjoy it. I think Dominic's done a pretty good job for someone Who's been put into a pretty pressure-packed role Where he's in a, one of the top feuds for SummerSlam His, You know, when he's on the mic You could see he's still going through the motions a little bit And thinking what he's supposed to say But I've seen plenty worse out there He's done a good job taking a beating He's looked athletic enough in the ring He's got a name that gets people excited Because we know Rey Mysterio So I think people would be more invested in this If they didn't do the stupid eye stuff because then you just yeah. kind of get silly and roll your eyes a little bit If there was just a Hey, I'm going to end Rey Mysterio's career He's done Instead of I'm trying to extract his eyeball From his socket That just took me out of it a little bit
2: Yeah, I, I would agree um, You know, Rollins We've talked about this in the past Rollins for me is a far better Heel than he is a baby mm-hmm. I feel like his like his natural his Character tendencies are more naturally heelish and more forced babyface. That being said, because he's such a good heel, he doesn't need this Messiah stick. No. Just let him be a heel. He could do it on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they've done a good job in the fact that making this a street fight, and the fact that you're taking this kid, Dominic, and you're putting him in the ring with one of the best workers in the in the business. Yeah. Uh, on on one of the biggest shows of the year. I mean that's that's a lot to ask of this kid. And they're gonna cover up some of that with the fact that it's a street fight. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna get kendo sticks, you're gonna get chairs, you're gonna get brawl, you're gonna Ray get and
0: Murphy stuff. will both be in the mix yeah. I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So you're gonna you're you're gonna take away from the wrestling part of it. And you're going to get more of the brawl fight part of it, which will cover the fact that you've got basically a novice in there with a with an all time great worker. Um, so that that will help. Uh, what they're going to do, I, I mean, I honestly, I, are you really going to have Dominic Mysterio pin Seth Rollins at SummerSlam? I mean, is that actually going to happen? I, I don't know. Um, it, it's hard to imagine, but at the same time. It's a street fight, you know, Ray gets involved He does something, I mean, there's So many different things that they could do with this That I don't even know where to begin To guess what it's going to be, but You know, they have a blank canvas here And they could potentially have some fun With it and do some good, so I'm curious to see where It goes.
0: Yeah, I agree There's going to be a lot of bells and whistles in this match There's going to be a lot of outside interference There should be, and that's What you said, I just Is Dominic going to go over one of the biggest one of the biggest stars in your company right now. Early on, you're going to put him over over Seth, and maybe and maybe you are, and, and it's part of the storyline. And maybe I, I've also heard that Seth is going to be taking some time off pretty soon because of a uh, you know Becky Lynch and they got the baby, she's pregnant. He, maybe he's going to go home for a little bit and and have some time off now, and and that way he can be back and ready for the Bill to Mania. Maybe we see the, and I will say if that is the case with no Roman right now. With you know Owens being in and out No Daniel Bryan It just feels like a lot of the big stars Aren't there And Seth has been someone Whether or not you love the storyline He has been just an absolute workhorse And someone they've had to lean on Heavily over the last couple months
2: Yes yeah, no, they, they have They've relied heavily on a couple of people And Rollins has been a cornerstone of the Raw show now For quite some time I don't love the Messiah thing Me I think neither it's weird and, and you know, whatever. But, you know, he's done a good job of what he's been dealt, I feel. I like Buddy Murphy. I, I, I think he does a good job. I think he would be fine just being Buddy Murphy, to be honest with you. He was good. He's
0: great in the ring. Yeah. He's
2: great in the ring. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's good that he's aligned with, with Rollins. It puts him in a big spot. I hope that he does bigger stuff down the line because I think he's a real, uh, I think he could be a, a real good piece of the puzzle, even up to the main event level. Uh, in the years to come if they do the right thing with him but yeah uh you know you talk about some things that wwe has had to do some things they've had to think outside the box and a couple of things you have to fall back to all reliable Mm -hmm. to kind of you know just secure a couple of things And, and rollins has certainly been able to do that for them
0: we get to the main event it is drew mcintyre the champion versus randy orton and randy orton Has been incredible um, since Wrestlemania everything going on He's been reigniting this legend Killer character that he had Years back where he's gone through You know he's put Edge out He put Christian out now The big show Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels All and what I Really like about this Darren is I think there's like there's been plenty The ratings are struggling plenty of bad Stuff that we see on our TVs or stuff That feel doesn't feel important each week They've done a great job with Drew also This isn't like me saying "Oh, Drew's not the hot champion anymore I think you gotta go with Randy This is just, Randy is hotter Right now, and I would much rather See Drew chase Randy Than the other way around, I think it's great to put it On Randy, he can do something cheap Cheat to win, then we can have Drew come and and chase him And try to get it back I think that's the way you go right now And, And we may, Shawn Michaels teased some involvement with uh, You know he said maybe I'm out there with the sweet chin music So maybe we see some combination of these Legends come come out Try to help Drew something happens And Randy gets the win but I think This is Randy's time right now This I've never Been just a pure Randy Orton Guy because a lot of the times I was I was upset that he'd be put Into feuds like you mentioned this a lot You could tell when he's not into something yeah. and, and as a fan that's you know I've I'm always man. This guy's so good. He's so talented. Why is he? Why does this feel like it's not that great? It has not been the case at all with this feud uh, and with this character that Randy's had recently. I love it. They've been doing a great job with him.
2: Yeah, So he, here's my take on what what's going on. I think that they've gone to Randy and they said, "Look, you know, we're really struggling here. Uh, we need you to step up huge right now. We're going to put the belt on you." We're gonna give you a run, but this whole chase of McIntyre and the, we we really really need you to dig down to the stuff that the you know the character that you can really you know personify, and and we really really need you to carry the mail here. I think that's what's happened, um, and he has delivered in every sense of the word. Um, I am a big Randy Orton guy because. When he's on, there are few better. And I and 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 you can, you mm-hmm. know, when you talk about character versus worker, you know, loop in mic work plus, in my opinion, the greatest finisher probably in the history of wrestling. Believability to everything from from
0: his yeah. his pedigree with his dad to just the way he presents himself, he comes off like a dick. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he just yeah. he always. That's why he's a better heel too than a baby face. And he's fine oh, when he's kind yeah. of that ed, that really edgy baby face, you know. But he's so great because I genuinely think he wants to kick everybody in the head. Like, I think this is like, when he docks. I'm like, this is who this guy is backstage. He really yeah. comes off. Very, you know, early austin heel Even, like, I just don't care about any of you And he's even said it, I mean, some of his promos He's like, I'm better than all of you I mean more to all to WWE than all of you do They know it, they'll never fire me no matter what Even if I half-ass it some of the time Like, just telling us that it is great And this is this is maybe my favorite version of Randy Orton Or damn close to it
2: I, I'll tell you what You talk about, if we, if we look at the last 20 years you know, and, and you talk about Cena and, you know, Rock and Austin and Triple H and Roman, all these big, big headline guys. And Randy Orton, even though a lot of, you know, he's looked at as, as a big guy, but he it's always been like the kind of thing with Randy where sometimes he treads water and when they need him, they go back to him. Like he's like old reliable, but fifteen years from now we're gonna look back and a lot of people and be like, you know what, that guy was a lot better than I gave him credit.
0: Super underrated because you just—he's one of those guys that you sort of take for granted because you figure he's always gonna be there. Just like you said, he's like what the good hand. Oh, he's a good. We can kind of inject him into to anything. But I will say WWE has always treated him very (laughs) even. Treated him very important and talked about him, and even in the last six months, yeah. talking about him like he's one of the greatest. So even when he's yeah. not in those big feuds, they still discuss him like he's one of the all timers. And I, I yeah. agree. I think hindsight will be twenty twenty when he's yeah. when it's all said and done, and we'll look back and go yeah. like all yeah. of those folks you mentioned. He was basically a bridge too with the, with all of them from the very end of that Attitude Era into today. He worked with so many. Different guys I mean from the legend Killer stuff the youngest WWF Champion ever I mean All this I mean it's sad to say and even think About it I mean he was working with Benoit All the time ago you know what I mean which was Years back and he you forget How long he's been around And continue to work at a high Level it feels like he should be Older and he shouldn't be able to do As much in the ring right now as he does
2: Yeah no I I agree I, I mean from that standpoint Like with 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 the stuff that he's done with so many different people, and being able to kind of like transcend that character all the way through, regardless of who he's working with, you know, like the SummerSlam moment where he, you know, where, where he uh, where he beat Daniel Bryan after Bryan, like everybody was celebrating. Was great. I mean, people, oh, people was hated great. it. People oh, hated it. It was phenomenal. It was, <laughs> so it was phenomenal. This, I mean, yeah, people. When he's gone, that you're gonna miss him. There's, I, mean, he, I mean, when he's done, you're really going to miss him. And, uh, I mean, the stuff that he's done the last few months has been tremendous. Um, I'm looking forward to a title run with him. There's a lot of different things that they could do. Um, and, yeah, I mean, when it comes to Randy Orton, like you said, you know when he's not fully invested. But, my God, when he is invested, the stuff that he does is second to none. And uh, I'm, I'm really pumped for this match. I love Drew. Uh, I feel bad for him that that this has been his title run That it's been during this COVID era He deserved better after everything that he's gone through And worked on to get to where he was And and I'm sure that they're going to give him another opportunity Mm -hmm. He's he's put himself down The one thing this did was It did make him feel legitimate
0: Whether or not he's had the You know he's had to face Dolph a few times He had the big show stuff He hasn't had the like those are the normal Like he hasn't had the list of really great competitors And this will be like his first really Well built big match Since having the title But I agree before Wrestlemania Before the rumble I think Because they did a great job from the rumble to Wrestlemania As soon as he won that rumble He really did feel a lot bigger than he ever had before And now he legitimately Feels like he deserves to be a main eventer. I don't think what's going to happen with Kofi is going to happen with him, where he's just going to drop right back down in the middle of the no, card and become no, he non-existent. Do he feels yeah, like he's going to be a perennial top guy now.
2: Yeah, but well, you know, and, and also he's not. It's not going to happen because he's. You know, Vince loves the big guys, and he's mm-hmm. a big guy. Yeah, yeah. That's not. That's not going to. He's going to stay up there. He'll get another, He'll get another run at some point. There's a lot of different things that they could do with him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to this match. Uh, you, if I were them, what I, how I would end this? Uh, I would leave four guys in the ring after getting RKO. You, you could bring bring down Sean again, bring down Flair, bring down Triple H, hit RKOs on everybody, and the and the thing ends with Orton holding the belt with everybody just laid out in the ring. That would be great. That that's what. I, that's how I would end this pay per view, and then you can do whatever the hell you want from there.
0: I agree. It's it's got to be Orton. It's, it's his time right now because he the I don't like when they wait too long for th- you. Got to strike when the iron's hot. Strike right now with Orton. He's hot. He's one of the buzzy things that people are talking about. He's one of the most positive things you have coming out of your shows week in and week out. Give Drew a good heel to chase, and then we have our story now for the the next half of the year. Drew trying to chase Randy and get that back as Randy. He's got the the belt. He's going crazy and he's RKO and everyone.
2: Yep that's that's what and, and that's what it has to be and then I mean you can you can do whatever you want from there I mean there's a million different things that you could do when you put when you put heel Randy in the spotlight and you give him a belt and you got a big baby face chasing him and he's like the you know twisted psychotic Randy Orton it's it's a lot of fun and I I think you know however long this run is going to be I I do think it's going to be a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to it
0: and maybe and who knows we were talking about injecting Roman into the fiend Bronze stuff because that felt natural that felt like what they were supposed to do maybe yeah. Roman gets injected here to wherever Which, Randy uh, is and that and I
2: mean, he, he Roman and Randy worked together years ago it was really good and he he's
0: the guy that's trying to save the company or trying to you know the good guy fighting off evil Randy orton and and that's fine and the people I think we'd like that because Roman would be so fresh we hadn't seen him recently he'd be the guy coming back to, to save us and and maybe that's where they go so yeah, a lot, a lot of options in a very intriguing weekend coming up. DZ, we've talked about a lot of old SummerSlams in our, our uh, old wrestling rewatches. I think we've gone through now uh, 89, 91. I did 92. Um, we did 94 together. We did. So we, we've done a bunch of those SummerSlams. And I, I know you are the same way. I love SummerSlam. It's. It's, not, it's It's different than Mania But it's it's such a fun week like SummerSlam, Mania, Rumble, to me Those three really stand head and shoulders Above everything else in the world of wrestling I just get excited I love going back and watching the old ones In the weeks leading up to them I get very nostalgic And again, this year is going to be different But with the addition of the Thunderdome stuff With the fact that they've piggybacked Another pay-per-view next week I'm I'm intrigued I'm still very, very interested in what they're going to be doing in the next couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, and I, I agree with everything you said. So, SummerSlam historically has been known for two things. They have really really good matches that you always point back to and go, "Man, that was that was a, you know, th- that was an epic match." You know, even way back when you talk about Bretton Perfect, you know, Bretton Bulldog, the the Bret Owen cage match some I good mean, tag matches with Demolition tag, and the Hards yeah. and yeah, yeah, I mean, and it's also known for having some really wild and, like, fascinating moments. We talked about, you know, the Orton thing with with Daniel Bryan. You know, the Brock-Orton thing where he got busted open the hard way was nuts. Um, you know, uh, just a couple of years ago, the Fatal 4-Way with, with, with Lesnar, Roman, Strowman, and Joe was a sick match. I mean, the, the, you know, they, they have some really good moments and some really good matches I I, hopefully everything goes well with this Thunderdome thing, because uh, I I think they're poised to have a pretty darn good show the way that they've set it up.
0: I agree. D Z. And I look forward to going back in time and talking uh, some old wrestling with you next week. I think we're going to be talking some, uh, some Survivor Series '95 in a really good match with with Brett and Diesel, and so after SummerSlam, Survivor Series will be the next big wrestling event that we circle and 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 put on the map. And we'll just uh briefly before I let you go, um, you, I'm sure you'll probably be throwing it on on Saturday night and watching yeah. NXT too. It's a big weekend for WWE as they have, um, I mean, talk about the next week. So we got Friday SmackDown with the new Thunderdome stuff. We got Saturday NXT. We've got Sunday Survivor Series. We've got Monday Night Raw. You know, we got Wednesday NXT, we got Friday SmackDown, and then another pay per view on Sunday. So over the next yeah. week, week and a half, there is just a ton, ton, ton. But um, the one thing that I, I think is worth at least talking about is uh, the the Pat McAfee Adam Cole <laughs> match they're going to have. I, I'm I like Pat a lot. I think he's really funny. He does a good job. He kind of gets it, and he he's got a great personality. And he cut a a pretty damn good promo the other night on on Adam Cole. It's felt like Adam Cole and the and the Undisputed Era have sort of been ready to move up for a while, but they're what you talked about with Vince loving Big Man. They're kind of in no man's land. I could see them coming up and getting lost in the shuffle, or I could see Adam Cole coming up and being you know the next CM Punk. I just I really don't know. But this should be fun at the very least. We'll see if McAfee can go in the ring, but I know he may cut a promo or two, and and there should be a lot of goofy, fun, schmozzy stuff in this match.
2: Yeah, I I agree. Um, you know, I, one of the things that I thought that could potentially happen was, like Adam Cole, you know, wins this match, and somehow, some way, shows up at SummerSlam and, and you know cuts a promo where he's like, you know, look, NXT's got me fighting former NFL punters. I'm done with that shit. Yeah, like, it's time for the big time. You know, something like that. Uh, maybe that's what they're gonna do. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, if you I, if you like wrestling, watch watch takeover you got a ladder match that that includes gargano velveteen dream you know damian priest who i think is really cool mm-hmm. versus carry on cross which should be a barn burner uh finn Balor versus tim thatcher i mean that's uh, i mean listen it's nxt takeover you know it's going to be a good show and, and this is going to be no exception
0: big weekend of wrestling coming up for the wwe darren thank you so much for talking with me buddy and uh it, it's 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 weird the way that this world This year has worked in the world Because we felt like for a while There was so much time where there was nothing Going on in the world of sports And it was really just sort of racing and wrestling Week to week that we were talking about And now things seem to be really flying Because we're almost done with Saratoga And with Del Mar, we're almost to the The Kentucky Derby, the first Saturday in May Our baseball teams that we like are both playing some really good ball right now We're like 35% of the way, almost 40% of the way through a baseball season So as slow as things were moving, you know, a few months ago Once this July into August picked up, now things are
2: really flying by You think about it from a racing standpoint You're going to have Derby Preakness Breeders' Cup in about a 10-week period Um, So that's going to be pretty wild um, yeah, my, my team was playing well until literally like half the squad is on is is hurt again. It's the same thing as
0: last year. It's oh, like what are they, what's
2: in the water over there? They lost they lost Glaber today. Oh, I mean, my Gosh, Glaber Torres, uh, Judge Stanton, who's got a leg injury every single year. I don't know how it's possible. You know, Severino, Zach Britton's on the DL. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I, I just don't understand how this could be happening again, but. You know, look, whatever. I mean, hopefully they figure out a way to get to the playoffs and they have a healthy team by then. But, yeah, I mean, and we got football. We didn't even mention football starting in a couple of weeks. I mean, it's all of a sudden things have gotten pretty crazy. Let's hope that things move in the right direction from a COVID standpoint and we can enjoy fall sports and, and everything is good because, you know, once school's open and the weather gets cooler, who knows what the hell is going to happen, man.
0: DZ, my friend, uh, let the folks know where can we follow you online.
2: Yeah, on Twitter uh, at the Track Seven. Definitely, we'll get some wrestling stuff, some racing stuff this weekend. Um, a lot of big stuff going on. We're two weeks from the Derby, so we're definitely going to start to really dive into the Derby contenders, even though there may only be one. <laughs> yeah. um, well, it, it's going to be a unique and an interesting year. But yeah, follow me on Twitter at the Track Seven. You'll get a ton of horse racing. You'll get racing. You'll get baseball and fantasy football. I'm also a big into. So we'll start uh, ramping that up as well. A lot to look forward to.
0: Don't go anywhere folks Uh, There'll be plenty more On That's What uh, G Said A big thank you to Darren Zocali And that's going to be It for this episode of That's What G Said A big thank you to DZ Darren Zocali For joining us We didn't have as many guests Sometimes when I have a lot of different things to go to It's just a little bit easier for me to Try to fit it all in without, um, without Having a, a few guests So we'll, we'll get a couple people on next week to talk some racing with us And uh, to bounce around And we'll start previewing the NFL We are less than three weeks away from football season starting So, we're going to have some fantasy football previews coming up. We'll go through positions. We'll start, you know, again, looking into some of the teams, previewing some of the players who have opted out. We'll again look into schedules. We'll start talking from a betting standpoint, too. So, if you're an NFL fan, you've been waiting for NFL. We will be covering a ton of it. I'm someone who. Watches all the games every weekend After, I'll go back on Monday And rewatch every single one of them I'll help you kind of recap and see if there were things Going on in the games that we didn't find So really looking forward to NFL We can throw that on top of What's going on in baseball And in the NBA playoffs And yeah, we're only a couple weeks out From the Kentucky Derby that first Saturday in September So we're going to be looking at you know September and October Unlike any Time period we've ever had before There are going to be more major sporting events Going on and we are going to have so Much to discuss here on That's What G Said Thank you folks, don't forget, subscribe Rate, review, share the show Around with your friends and let's kick some butt This weekend, Joey Cleveland Take it away